Pasuk says that he's going to lift his hand over the river with the uh, force of his, of his wind and he's going to smite the river into seven seven uh, Rashi learns Nechalim comes from the word into seven uh, cuts seven gizorim and it's split it into seven passageways like the Yamsuf was split we know into twelve passageways the river is going to be split into, into seven passageways seven Nechalim others learn he's going to split it into seven streams but since they're going to be streams so there's going to be space to walk between the streams so the question is what the word Nachal means so Rashi learns that the dry land is called Nachal others learn that Nachal is a little river uh, a little uh, flow of water whatever, you take one river and just put it into seven little, little streamlets so it leaves you with space to walk in, the, in between um, why seven? So that's the content of what we're going to speak about in the Maimah tonight. But the simply, in the simple meaning, it's the reason why is because it mentions that Jews are going to come back from seven places in Yeshaya. The Pasik mentions that Jews are going to come, Jews are going to come back from Ashur and Pasrais and it names seven places where Jews are going to come back from. So in order for so the Jews that are coming back from these seven places, they're going to they're going to walk through these seven um, splits in the river. And that's how they're going to cross into the land of Israel. So, just the simple meaning is not really understandable because, uh, as we're going to see soon, this river is referring to the Euphrates River. And uh, the seven countries that he, nation, that he mentions over there are not across the Euphrates. All of them. Actually, he mentions eight places in the Pasadena. Rashi says the eighth one, Ieayam, is the islands of the sea. Rashi says that's not coming from that direction. But Egypt isn't even coming from that direction. So, obviously this all has a metaphorical meaning, a deeper meaning. For the explanation of the idea that Mashiach is going to split the river, the Euphrates River, as we're going to learn in the minor, into seven splits. But for some reason we find this interesting thing. And that is, for some reason, whenever Jews come out of Golis, whenever they come out of their exile, and they march towards the redemption, for some reason there is a splitting of a body of water. When we left Egypt, we went through the Yamsuf, we went through the Red Sea, and now there is another splitting. And this is the splitting of the, of the Nahar. So we need to understand the significance, in the first place, of why when Jews come out of their exile, is it necessary for them to go through a, a sea? What's the, what's, the, what's the idea? So let's see. And the other difference we need to understand is how come, that's the main point of the Maimah, how come by Har Sinai, I'm sorry, by Yetzirah um, Mitzrayim, the sea, the, the sea was split into 12 splits, 12 Yuzarim, every all the tribes went. The tribe of Reuben went in his own passageway, Shimon went in their own, and each one did their own. And when Mashiach comes, it's going to be split into seven. What is the idea behind it? So in order to understand the significance of the splitting of the river and the upcoming redemption, we first need to understand the concept of the splitting of the sea. What was the idea of the splitting of the sea? In the Yamsuf, Malchus The Rebbe is going to explain that all the physical things that have happened whether it was by the exodus of Egypt, or whether it's going to be by our 
our uh, awaited exodus now from the from the gullus of the nations back to Eretz Yisrael, all the physical plagues and occurrences, these are all manifestations of spiritual happenings, ideas that happen in the upper realms. So the splitting of the sea down here was only a indication of some mystical level or called sea above that split. So we need to understand what is Kriya Syamsev and its roots. So we need to understand what is the Yam, who is the Yam. So the Rebbe says that the Yam is called Malchus of Atsilis. We know there's the ten Sephiris, the ten attributes. The latter of the ten attributes is Malchus, it's the last of the end. And that is called the Yam. Okay, so in the Yam Suf, and that's why it's also called Yam Suf. Besides it being the Yam, it's called Yam Suf. What's the idea of Suf? Suf comes from the word Saif. Saif means end. It's the Yam that's at the end. Why is it at the end? Because you know that Malchus is the last and final godly manifestation, divine attribute. After Malchus already begins creation. Malchus is the transmitter between God, between the, it's the final instrument for creation. It's that last uh, expression of God, God expressing himself. But Malchus is still the realm of divinity. God is expressing. Malchus, where from Malchus onward, Malchus is the, the, uh, the uh, platform for creations, or it's the trigger, or the uh, point of contact where the creation meets the creator. That's Malchus. So Malchus, and higher than Malchus, there's many attributes, many other sephiris, many attributes. So Malchus is the last one. That's why it's called Suf, the Yam. Why is it called Si? We're going to see soon why is it called the Yam. It's called Yam Suf, the, the, the end, the Si at which is at the end. So Yam Suf, or Menos Malchus, that's Silus. Shubchinas Dibura Elyeh, which is associated with supernal speech. Shahadibura Saifa Dechol Dargu. The speech is the last of all letter, of all levels. We know that Malchus is associated with speech because uh, it says always Devar Melech Shulten. How does a king rule? The king rules with his with his speech. He commands everything the king commands. That's how he communicates. That's how there is a communication between a king and a subject. It's all through his words. So the realm of Malchus is associated with with uh, speech. Now speech, even in a human being, is the last and final state. Of all the uh, evolving levels, the, evolve, the evolving, evolving experience of the way things evolve within a human being, um, it's the last and final stage of speech. Really there's action, but action and speech are similar in the, uh, on the same level. What we really have is like this. First, for example, there is a person's uh, intellect, intelligence, ideas, Creativity, then the, uh, the ability to uh, to fully comprehend and understand an idea, chachma, bina, and then there is the das, and then there are that triggers the emotions, the excitement, and from the excitement comes thought, and as a result of thought comes speech, and then once speech, all these experiences of the intellect and the emotions and the thought and all that, that is all an inward experience. It's an inside experience. It's all taking place inside the human being. When you get to speech, that's when you're already projecting outward. The idea is leaving, it's exiting the person. The phenomenon exits the person and it reaches the other person through speech. So when we're speaking about God sort of exiting himself to create 
Where is the exit of God? That's in Malchus. Because that's where he's, the energy is exiting him and entering and being transmitted and infused into the creation. So Malchus is called speech, Dibra Elion, and it's Seifa the Choldag, and it's the last of all levels of godliness. Like we know in creation, God created the world, and how did he create the world? Through speech. So what was the last dimension of godliness? Now before, now the, the verse doesn't say what happened in God before he spoke. It, the, 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 the Torah begins with, Hashem speaks, speaks. So the Torah begins to tell us the story of creation from the last and final stage. God spoke the world into existence, but before that, there was the internal experience within God, as is hinted to already in the word Bereshis. The Bereshis, the Targum says, is wisdom. Which means that before the creation, prior to the creation, was the process of divine wisdom. And that translated into the divine emotions. Six days God created heaven and earth. And as the Zohar says, the six days are the six emotions. These are all the, the feelings or the, 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 yeah, the emotional attributes which were the forces beyond the speech. Like when a person speaks, you speak something that, that uh, you have something that is driving speech. Speech is just an empty vessel, an empty container. It's to fill it with something. So what drives the speech? What drives the speech is either a person's moichen, uh, 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 which means a person's uh, uh, understanding, their wisdom, their knowledge, or their emotions. That's what you speak about. What you're emotionally, what you're excited about emotionally, what you understand and what you know. And if you're not speaking anything that you have an emotion to, or anything that you have a, 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 anything intellectual, anything of, 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 then it's just plain empty speech, speech which without any content at all, and it shouldn't be spoken. So spoken any words that are words, words should have chayus and life in them, and the chayus and the life in them are from the motion and from the midas. Okay, but the speech is the final, the final stage, and everything pours into the speech. And all the fact, all the higher faculties, or all the, the higher functions, or all the higher experience, find their expression in speech. You study something, you know something, you have something excited, you want, you want to share it with someone else, so you pour it into the speech. You have feelings, so you communicate those feelings in speech. That's why it says, "Kol All the streams go to the go to the sea. The sea, how does the sea fill? The sea doesn't have... See, rivers, it says a river has a source where the water comes from in the river. The water in the river comes from, from beneath the ground, from springs. The water from beneath the, the subterranean waters come and merge upwards through the, through, the, uh, through the springs. And from the springs they flow into the river. Now how does the water... But, but the sea itself... Okay, you see the ocean, God gathered the water into the ocean. But the sea constantly is being replenished with water. Where the water is coming from? It's the rivers and the streams that are constantly, they flow into the ocean, they flow into the sea. So, what's the deeper meaning of that? That all the higher experiences of God flow into the, into the sea. Malchus, we learned a few weeks ago, is called also Knesset Yisrael. Knesset Yisrael means she's the gathering of Yisrael. Yisrael are the, are the divine attributes. The Pharisees, which mainly is called Yisrael, but not only the Pharisees, all the six emotions which they receive from the divine intellect, 
and Malchus is the recipient. She's the feminine receiving point. She receives the masculine energy that pours in from the emotions and so forth into Malchus, into the world of speech. And from there it is communicated further. That's why Malchus is called Yam Suf. She's the Yam, everything gets gathered there. So that's the end of all levels. And then that's, she's the head of creation. And from there is where creation begins. So now, the Chola Sarim Amorais, and what are the ten Mamorais? That explains what are the ten. Um, oh, sorry, I skipped a few words. Shadibur, who said for the Choldag, Dibur's speech is the last of all levels. Shebedvar Hashem Shamayim Nasu. Because in the Word of God, heaven was created. What does that tell you? That where speech, speech is the last, as, the last aspect that's still attached to the divine. God is speech. His words. And, and where the words touch, Shamayim Nasu. That's where the heavens are created. Heaven and earth. Heavens begin, and creation begins at the point of speech. Speech communicated. What are the ten? Now there were ten, we know when God spoke, He spoke ten, ten utterances. Why are there ten utterances? The all of creation was created with the ten utterances. Why? Because there are ten attributes. And all the ten attributes flow into the sea. So they all, and that's why every mimer, every one of God's uh, 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 utterances that He uttered when He created the world was a nut, was was an utterance, it was a sentence, a divine sentence, but it was triggered or it was animated or it was vitalized by another one of the attributes. Which means the first the first uh, uh, utterance, he or that utterance was the the transmission of Chachma. Chachma is called light. Or. So the power of Chachma was transmitted into the speech, into the world of Malchus, and that was conveyed into creation in the first in the first uh, in the first utterance. The second one was Yehi Rakia, let there be a firmament. We know Bina is called Rakia. It's called a firmament. So this was the second the, the energy flowing in Bina down into Malchus. The Vayoimer, the speech, that's the Malchus of it. That's the vessel, that's the, the words. But the words have content. What's the content? That's whatever God created at that moment. The, ener- the style of the energy which came into the words, that which was communicated in the words. For example, we're all, we all use the same letters constantly. We have 22 letters. In every language, it's the same, really, the same letters. It's different forms, but it's the same letters. And we make, but we form different combinations of words. And even if we use a certain limited amount of words, but different settings of how we set those words, conveying different messages. So the words are just uh, uh, um, uh, blocks which we structure to, to contain a, a certain thought, an idea, a feeling, and something. The ten utterances with ten transmissions from God's personality with God's creative creativity within himself that he transmitted into his own conduit of speech which is Malchus through there into the creation the cholas are mamaris and the ten utterances and amshachis they are a flow they're a, a, a downflow from the ten attributes of atzilus and they get enclosed in the, in the, in the letters of speech let there be light is Amshacha from Now, generally when we think about speech, what is speech? 
speech is revelation. When a person is quiet, it's concealment. You, when a person is silent, you don't know what's going on. They're closed. You need, when a person talks, they open up speech. The only way, generally, there are certain revelations coming from a person in different ways than speech. A person can reveal a lot just by their facial features, by their movements, by their the way their eyes, their eye, your eyes can tell a lot. And, it, you know, smile, happiness, face, uh, your, your, so all these things are, are expressive. But you're very limited in knowing and, and knowing much about what the person is all about and what, they, what, they, what their philosophy is and their ideology is and their personality is until they talk. So speech is revelation. So when we think about Malchus of Atzilus, that's the ultimate revelation. God is revealing himself to the world. And the Rebbe says, yes, it's true. But, Mal- but, but, but at the same time, Malchus is a very, very great concealer. It's rev- speech is revelation, but speech is also concealment. And in a sense, it conceals more than it reveals. And for that reason, it's going to explain why it's called the Yam, it's called the Sea. The thing about the Sea is that the Sea is a closed place. Even though the sea is swarming with life, the sea has such beauty, and it has such treasures, and it has so much that it can, that we can be inspired by in the sea. And so much we can use probably for healing and for this. I mean, we haven't probably begun to, to chip away at the, at the treasures and at the, 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 what the sea possesses. We haven't gotten, you know, really figured out what the earth possesses. But at least the earth we have far more access to than the sea. The sea is closed. Can't even, can't even, unless we have certain gear and certain things, we can enter into the sea. Generally, it's, it's a closed world. It's hidden from us. That's why speech, Malchus is called Yam, because Malchus really is what conceals, it's closed to the creations, what is beyond godliness beyond Malchus is totally closed for us. Just like the sea conceals everything that's in it. Everything rushes into the sea. The sea is very rich, but it, it locks on it. At least for those that are outside of the sea. And, and, and metaphorically speaking, if the sea is Malchus, then, then what are the creations? The creations are the dry land, the earth atmosphere. So we're all called the terrestrial creatures and beings that are on dry land. This is, these are the creations. The sea is the world of Malchus, which has within itself all, all, all the, as we said before, Knesset Yisrael. It has all the, everything flowing into it, but it conceals. Let's see the idea. What does it mean that the sea conceals? In what way is speech concealment? Speech seems to be the other, the, the ultimate expression, the ultimate revelation. The other says, Just like by way of analogy by a person, The letters of speech, they are a keli, they are a vessel for the intellect, and the emotions. Made a, a, little, a, little, a little mistake over here. These two lines still belong to prior to what we were just saying. These two are the conclusion of what we said before. Everything flows into the sea. 
see is the, is, the, is the last and final level that everything flows into. Speech is the last and final level where everything flows into. So just like speech, he says, is the container which contains everything. All the human experience, all the feelings and emotions and ideas gets, get um, accumulated in the world of speech. And then, however, nevertheless, here is where he says, nevertheless, despite the fact that generally speech is revelation, the letters are concealing on the on the intelligence that they contain within them. And they hide it. The Saikhan in them. Shahare, where do we find that letters, even though they reveal, they also conceal? Shahay Akatam, because a child, even though he understands all the letters and he understands all the words. And he says them well, nevertheless, He doesn't understand the concept that is in these words. You have a child who is reading a sophisticated book, a sophisticated article on medicine. Not even a child. I'll read some medical journal or some... Uh, I might understand the words individually, understand this word, I know what this word means, but the concoction of words together, that whole thing and what the idea is behind it, I'm no clue. The child is reading it, he can read the words, he's getting the letters, but, but the person who, who wrote that, that article, or wrote that, uh, that paper, had an idea, had a concept, a profound concept that they put into that idea. You can read, many times we read things, we just don't get it. You open up a book, sometimes we open up a, uh, we can see it a lot when we open up a Lakuta uh, Tether. We can say, you know what, I want to learn Lakuta Tether now, and just open up and read a couple of lines, and I have no idea, what is, what, is, what is the concept, what is he saying over here? I know, and so, this, Malchus, that, but it doesn't, there's no, you don't see the, the life, the idea that's there. So you see that words, even though you have words, but the word, and the words contain the idea. The one who put it in there, put those words in there, meant to express it, meant to transmit those words, but a person can be reading those words and not get it. Let's take, for example, an interesting thought. If it would be possible, we can imagine something like this. If it would be possible for a person to transmit his a concept not through words, but to commit the concept purely just, not through speech, just a direct concept. Like today we have these things uh, where you have something, you can beam something from one, from one uh, uh, organizers to the other one, from one, you can beam an idea. You can beam a, a telephone number. You can beam it to you. Can beam. So, can you imagine if we can beam ideas over one to each other and just pluck the idea in? And everybody would get it. Just, just you pop the idea into someone's head and say, wow. But we can't do that. We can't transmit things through, wave, through thought waves. Definitely we can't transmit things through, we're going to see soon that thought waves are also concealing. Uh, we can't, definitely can't take the, the, a, 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 a pure idea as it enters our mind and, boom, it, and bring it into someone's mind. If we would be able to do that, then everybody would get things right away. 
We don't have our only method, and the only way we have is we have to take the idea and put it into words. And the other person knows those words, and then through those words, words are like containers. You give the words over to the other person, they take these words, and they read them. Now, here's the thing. If that person has already an intelligence, and if that person is a wise person or smart enough, he's able to take those words and deduce the idea that is concealed in those words. He's able to open it up and, and, and take out the idea and then understand it. But if the person doesn't, like a little child as he's talking about, that doesn't have a developed mind, so even though he knows the words, but he can't extrapolate the idea from it. Now, if words themselves, if the letters would be revealing, then it should reveal it to everyone. It should put the idea into someone's mind. It's, not, it's an encasement. You take an idea, you encase it into words. The words themselves are just... The idea when it wasn't in the words was far purer. You put it into the words, you're thickening it, giving it, right? You need to take it and then undress it from these, from these clothing, from the wrapper that has been wrapped around it, and then you're able to get the idea. So that's the idea that words are concealing. Let's read it again. Um, words are concealing on the Seychelles. He understands all the words. He understands all the letters and the words. And he says them well. He doesn't get the idea that's in those letters. Someone who's already a chacham from before. Someone who has an, an intelligence. And from within the words, he's able to understand the idea. The very substance of the letters are concealing. In letters themselves, there's two things. There's the idea that's in the letters, and then there is the letters. The very syllables, or the very... That stuff which make up letters... Are, 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 I don't want to, they're not physical yet in, in the realm of physical but they're close to the physical well they aren't physical words really if there is a substance to them you give out breath and that's how you create those letters but that's material that material is very not the same sub, substance as the substance of, of, the, of the idea the idea is we might say comparatively or relatively or relative to the, to the word the idea is, is, is substance, an abstract, substanceless, or it, it's not a thing. It's a pure, it's just an abstract idea. But you're putting it into words. The words are foreign. They're a foreign thing. But because we have no other way of communication, so we take these things and we put them into things. And then we give over the thing to the other person. That's tangible enough to be given over. But the other person has to be able to decodify it. It's almost like decoding, just like a code. When you're making a code, we all understand that the code is concealing. Using a code. FBI agents, or who knows, or whatever, spies, are using code or some kind of code language. That kind of code is, they're meant to give a message. But at the same time, it's meant to conceal. Only someone who knows the code from before is able to extrapolate the idea from the code. 
Now, similar to that is the idea of speech. Because it's really codifying it into certain symbols. And someone who has already knowledge and understanding is able to take out but someone who doesn't. Just the, just the words themselves are not... Are not uh, uh, they're not, a, they're not uh, a luminous. It's concealing material, not a luminous material. Now, uh, the very substance of the letters, it's a concealment. Relative, or in comparison, to the seichel, to the intellect itself, and the emotions themselves, the words are concealing. And therefore, now, how is it with, with God and the world when God speaks? You say, good, God spoke. God spoke intelligent speak, speech. Why did he speak? Because as we said before, he invested his intelligence. He didn't just babble. He spoke words, intelligence words. He was communicating something when he spoke. Something of, of his intelligence. Something of his emotions. Through the words that he spoke into creation. However, there's what did the creation receives when God spoke? What the creation receives when God speaks is only like a child listening. His creation hears words. So they get, of course, the creation comes into existence by God's speech. So the creation but the creation only gets created from the most external aspect of that speech, and that is the letters themselves. The intelligence and the emotions of that speech, of, of, of those, those words, are not felt within the creations. Why? Because the creations don't have a mind before that to be able to deduce the divine uh, intellect and the divine emotions. Because the creations are created from the very words themselves. So they don't have anything more than what the words have. In those, meaning, when I say more than what the words are, we mean the substance of the words, not the content of the words. So the creations only are only be, only thriving, are only being animated, are only coming into existence from the letters. So to the creations, anything beyond the actual letters themselves, they have absolutely no clue clue in. We spoke so many times how the whole point of Malchus is to create things in a distance, where they don't, they're not close to the king, there's a separation where the king remains removed, the personality of him no one knows, like the subjects of the king don't know him intimately, he remains aloof and above them, mysterious to them. And that's the same idea that's coming out, that's coming out of the year, because the creations are, create, are being created from something of Malchus, but only the words without the content. It's like a person giving over, like a person giving over the, the, the most profound and deepest teachings. And someone is sitting there and has absolutely no clue to just hear his words. And they can memorize the words. They used to be Hasidim who used to go to the Rabbeim. And they didn't understand any Hasidim to the Rabbeim said nothing. But they cherished the words so much. They came back and they would just repeat the words. Sometimes there was only one possible. And they lived off it. They had such chayas. Halavai, you know, we wish for ourselves that us understanding and learning, or at least we think we understand and understand it, but uh, and we, and we, we get this it should have that impact that these simple yidden came and they remembered two verses sometimes they didn't remember the mimer they would come back and they remembered all the verses that were quoted when they ever quoted from the chumash or from the this and they came back and they would review it and they made a whole bring in and they, sat, they sang and for months they were, they were vitalized just from those words but that's that's also something because it's the chatsoinius 
but it's full of chesaynis. It's the external of the of it. It's not getting the the inside. The external of a rebbe, of a tzaddik, of a minor is enough to be mechayim mason. It's enough to resurrect the dead person too. But the rebbe is saying that the, the recipients in all worlds, even the highest creations, know nothing of the concepts and the idea and the divine and the emotions that they don't feel, they don't sense. It's only the words themselves that create it. The the so too the whole chachma, the whole intelligence of the creations of Bri of the creations, the coming into existence of their chachma, Urak min is only from speech. The the mashal. It's not like in the mashal Shalaim when a person is studying words, when, we, when a person is sitting down and learning something, so the person who's learning has already a mind, and therefore is able to look at those words and get the idea from the words. But the Rebbe is saying, Are they imkain, but, by, but by above it's not that way. Because the creations didn't have a mind before, and they're only being created from the words. So the speech and the letters of Malchus Tatsilus, conceal and hide on the intelligence and on the emotions of Atsilus, they're enclosed in the speech. It was really, God is conveying. He is putting his intelligence. He is giving over of himself, of his ideas and of his emotions into that, into the words of creation. But the creations don't know it. They don't sense it. They can only because they're only they're oblivious to it because they can only see the, the words themselves. Because the words block. That it should not be revealed at all in, 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 in the world of Bria. That which is transmitted in the speech is only a very, very minute radiance. A little bit. A tiny bit. It's like light that comes through here. Sometimes it's given the example in Chassidus is that just like the body, the person, there is a the, the soul expands throughout the body and then there is a minute tiny little bit of vitality of, of the soul's uh, vitality that, that, that penetrates the skin and gets into the hair so the hair also is thriving it's alive part of the living human being but it's receiving in such a contracted minute form to the point that you can do very well without a hair or two it doesn't, you don't lose anything if you lose a hair with a lot of hair, it's not so good. But just one, you know, a couple doesn't. And if you cut a hair, it doesn't hurt because it's so minute, it's so insignificant. The amount of investure of the person in the hair is nothing. So that that's sometimes an example to explain how much of the divine is passing from God into the creations. How much do they get? That which is contained in a hair, nothing else. Now, though Indian, and this is the idea of Yam. And that's the idea of the sea. The world of speech is called the sea because it blocks, as we said earlier, sea blocks and everything that's in it. So the world of speech conceals, because in the words themselves, put it this way, God, who's looking at those words, says, don't you guys get it? God, looking from inside, sees how everything is there in those words. It's all there. But that's looking, it's not like the person who's speaking to the child sees the whole depth of the idea in those words. The child in the receiving end doesn't see but the words. Doesn't see more than, doesn't get the idea. 
So that's why it's the though in Yam, that's why it's called Yam, Shanikra Alma discuss. It's called the concealed world. Because over there is where everything gets concealed and hidden, and nothing should pass on forward further. In Cain, Ma Inano, Inami, now that adds another point. Masha Diburnikra Helen, another reason why speech is called concealment. That which is drawn from the intelligence and enclosed in the speech is only the external of the of the of the of the of the intellect. But the inner aspect of the seichel, cannot reveal itself at all in in the in the in, in letters and in speech. That is adding like this. Besides for this that we mentioned before. That the speech, because of its, because of uh, it being something, a substance which is separated from the mind, separated from the emotions. It's only a tool, an instrument, a conduit through which you're giving, passing something on. So that's why the speech themselves, the words themselves, conceal on the idea. Besides for that. You know, this that we, the, the, the thought that the Rebbe is saying up till now is that from the teacher's perspective, he has vested everything in those words. His ideas fully, the, 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 the words themselves are contain, contain the, full, the full concept, the full idea. It's only that they contain them in a manner that they block them. That they block and they only allow a little bit to pass through. But they themselves, now that I was adding, more than that, there is, there is only that much you can put into speech, even from the teacher's perspective. But if you have a very, you have a, 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 a something, something rich, an idea, a new idea, and you want to communicate it to others. So you're speaking about it, and you yourself feel that you're not doing justice to it. Because the words are just not getting it. You can't, you can't put it all into the words. Depends what it is. Okay, understand? If something is kind of shallow and superficial and not that, you can take it all and put it into words. But when there's something extremely, extremely abstract, something very deep, just words are making it tangible, and you can't. So you can take some of it and put it into the words. But the real depth of the depth, the inner, inner, inner aspect of it, just just doesn't get into the words. The panemius of it just doesn't come into the words. That's why it says that even a teacher and a student with the student is a chacham. The student is a wise student that he's able to hear the words and extrapolate the idea from the words. It says a student doesn't get a teacher until after 40 years. It takes 40 years of a student to study the teacher, to, to study the teachings of the teacher to say, ah, n- now the student understands the mind of the teacher the way the teacher thinks. 40 years, says the Jews, Moshe Rabbeinu said to the Jewish people after 40 years, till now you didn't get it. But now the last, the, last, the last year before they went in, now Hashem has not given you eyes to hear and ears, I'm sorry, eyes to see and ears to hear. But today you do get it, because you've been studying already for 40 years. And After 40 years you finally clicked. What do you see from there? 
What do you mean? The guy who studied and he learned and he took the paper that the teacher wrote or he, or he sat for the classes and he heard. That doesn't work. Why? Because even though he's gotten... There is o- there's only so much that is put into the words. And there is some aspect of it that doesn't go into the words. And there remains it's just hovering or a makif. There remains makif on the words. After 40 years of studying and learning, you're able to start sensing that which is beyond the words. And the teacher doesn't have to say anything anymore. You're already, it's, not, it's, it's not the words. You're able to reach into the mind of the teacher deeper than the words. Because the words will never contain the whole thing. So the Talmud says an interesting thing. The Gemara says a halacha. It's related. It's re- it's, 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 the the, the, the Altarebbe says to look in a mimer. And in that mimer he says this. It relates that point to this. The Gemara says that um, on Friday... When there's a trial, and um, uh, and they didn't finish the trial on Friday, and they need to they need to uh, uh, what we call it uh, call a a break or how's it called in a trial uh, a, re- um, what? a recess for a few days or till Sunday. So the Gemara says you can't do that. You can't continue a trial from Friday to Sunday. Um, the technicalities I don't remember exactly. Um, either you have to start again, all over again, but you can't continue where you left off from Friday to Sunday. Why? Because the time Sunday comes, you forgot already where, you know, there was the back and forth, the arguments back and forth, you reach certain conclusions, you can't just start on Sunday from where you left off on Friday. So the Gemara says, why not? There were scribes, just like today there are in, in, in court, there are those who type every single, what are they called, the, uh, what? Stenographers who write down every single um, a word that, that has been that has been printed. So you write it down, and after you write it down, you'll take it out and you read it, and you write down with it, and you. So the Gemara says no, because even if you'll read, you say he argued so and he argued so, and this is the testimonies and that, and this was the conclusion, and this is where we're holding. Let's continue. Doesn't work because when you're going to read over here, you're not going to get to where you were holding then. Because the depth of the feeling or the idea that you felt and you were sure and that you understood then is not conveyed in those words. Those words are only able to convey the external aspect of it, but not the... the, the we, we, all, we all have that many times. When we're holding a middle of something and we leave, we leave go for the middle of the night we come back to it the next day and we try to get back to the place we were the day, the day before, you can't get it. Even though you have the same words, and you wrote it, or, or it was written. Because there's only so, because you're out of it, you just want to go back to the words, and, 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 and you're, you're expecting the words to have it all. But the words only contain the externality of it, it doesn't contain the internal aspect of it. So you, you can't continue. So that's what the Rebbe is saying over here, that two things. First of all, to the recipient, the words, even if the transmitter did put whatever he put into those words, Words themselves block. It's it's a concealment. Secondly, the teacher or the or the or trans or the uh, transmitter can only int- can only transmit a certain degree in those words, and not everything. And he's limited. And there's that which can't be put into the words. So, as he says, in another reason, 
Masha Dibur Nikre Helen, the reason why speech is called a concealment, that which is drawn from the intellect and, and enclosed in speech. It's only the external of the of the uh, but the innermost cannot be revealed at all in letters and in speech. So now we understand what, what C is. So the fact that there was a Malchus Tatsilus, what does Malchus Tatsilus do? It's called Yam Sut because it's, it's, it, there's a port, there's a, there's that uh, partition. It blocks, it cuts off the godly from the, from the mundane, from the creation. So now, now we get a little insight. If we're going to say there is a splitting of a sea, what does the splitting of the sea mean? Is that the sea, the words are torn open. They're ripped open. Which means, for example, if you're able to tear open the words, like when a person learns something, that's what you do. You tear the words open and you take the idea out. But, but in, 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 in the spiritual meaning, it's, it's, it's awesome. Because we're saying over here that the creations don't know they create. And Hashem is concealed from the creation. The splitting of the scene means the tearing of the words which God created the world with to allow the creations to see their inner, the mind of the Creator. To see the emotions of the Creator. To experience, to get intimate with God. To get to see God's inside. What? Avol, that he says in the Kriyas Yamsu, the idea of the Kriyas Yamsu, and simply, you say like this, the sea is a place where you can't go. You're blocked. But when the sea split open, they walked into the sea. So they were allowed passageway into the very place that was concealed to them. And they were able to see all the, all the, uh, um, all the, um, coral, coral reefs, Everything that was under the sea, they had this amazing tour beneath the sea. So everything that was concealed, all the, 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 the beauty beneath the sea was revealed to them. Spiritual it means, Aina from the concealed world, Nasa is Galia. That which conceals the world of Malchus was opened up to them, and it became revealed. means that the divine speech should not conceal anymore on the higher, on the on the on the on the supernal lights that are that are that are enclosed in it. which is the intelligence and the emotions of God. The ten spheres of Atzilus, the ten attributes of Atzilus, which are unknown to the creations of Bri, Atir, and Asiya. Why? Because Malchus of Atzilus blocks and it doesn't allow them to know, to know it. However, by the Kriyas Yamsuf, the creations of Bria experience the revelations of Atzilus. They were able to see, have, gain perspective into the world of Atzilus and feel and experience Atzilus, Atzilus, uh, Atzilus dimension. It should literally be revealed when the Sham is the Bria Gamken. To souls of Bria, it should be revealed the, the attributes of Atzilus. In the same way, like it was a revelation of Atzilus. Since the Kriyas Yamsuf is the connection of the world of Bria with the world of Atzilus Mamish, Belit Pars, as the world of Bria rises up to connect to the world of Atzilus, without any more blockage, without the partition, without the curtain separating, 
without a parts of Masach and a partition, that's why the sea was split to 12 splits. Why the number? Now we understand the significance of the number 12. Because we know that the 12 tribes, Reuven, Shimon, Levi, Yudah, the sons of Yaakov, their sole root is in the world of Bria. And over there, there are twelve. There are there are twelve. See, Jew, the Jewish, the the the, um, the uh, genealogy of, of of the Jewish people. If we go back to the patriarchs. Okay, the patriarchs were Avram, Yitzhak, and Yaakov. And there's four three patriarchs and four matriarchs. So together it's seven. And then the next level after them are the twelve tribes. And after the twelve tribes were the seventy descendants, the next seventy of the, the children of Yaakov, like we said the other day, with seventy, 70 uh, 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 souls, Yaakov, Jacob, Yaakov went down to Mitzrayim. And then it turns into 600,000 Jews. And from there, the millions of Jews. So simply you say, okay, this is our ancestry. This is how it goes. The tree of the... However, the deeper meaning of that is this is referring to tracing our souls back to its soul roots. Initially, it's seven. Avram Yitzhak and Yaakov started Rivka Rachel and Leia. Why is it seven? Because our initial root is an Atsilus. And in the world of Atsilus, we divide into seven emotion attributes. Seven emotions. Chesed, Dubur, Tzaret, Netzachot, Yisrael, Malchus, as we're going to see soon. The seven divine emotions. That's the root of the Jewish souls. And for that reason, it started with seven people. Each one was the embodiment of another one of the attributes. The next stage is the way the souls are in the world of after the original souls are in Atsilus, then the souls drop into the world of Bria. So far, far, far lower in the Shamas. The souls already, as they become creation like, they're no more divine. They're on a much lower level. They're creations of God. And these are the, the twelve tribes. They're very, very great saintly people, Sadiqin. But they're not divine. They're creations. Souls that are creations. And they are the seven, um, the twelve tribes. And they were at the, at, at the, at, 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 in the world of Bria. Then 70, then 600,000, as the souls come down. And the more, the lower, the lower worlds they come, the more diversified they become, the more splintered they get. Down, down, down into the millions of people, the millions of individual souls. Like a tree that branches off into many branches. So the 12 is the number as they are at the beginning of the world of Bria. Um, that's where there are 12 there are 12 now the number 12 in the world of Bria is really not only in souls but we find it also by Malachim Malachim of Bria and Yudbeis Bakar once learned about this that when he built the Beis Amindosh he made this interesting pool of water that looked like a sea outside but by the basin, I don't know exactly where it was in the temple. And there was this, it was called Yam Shal Shlomo, the Sea of Shlomo. It was a sea, like a pool that looked like a sea, it's waves like a sea. And then beneath it, and it was carried by 12 oxen. And there were three oxen to, to each, to each, in each direction. And the Mizrach three, and the Yud Beis Bakr. And they were, they were holding up, supporting this pool of water. Why did Shlomo Melech do this? It wasn't just... This was 
a, a, a reconstruction, or this was a uh, imitation, or representing, or what's the right word, uh, reflecting the the the, the presence. What? Reincarnation. What was that? No. Reenaction. Yeah, reenactment. The reenactment of the the uh, the uh, the initial transmission of godly of 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 the godly energy into the world into creation. So we spoke before. It's the world of speech that speaks and creates the world. Initially, it's created. It's, it's, Sometimes we speak that there are four, but initially when God creates the creation, it's created into four. The four camps of the Shekinah. The four beasts of the chariot. But really, as we're going to see in a moment, the four are really, are really subdivided into twelve. Because it's four directions, but each one is times three. And that's why there was a good base bucker representing twelve camps of angels, which stand around the, uh, the, the the throne, God's throne. Now, the reason why it's called the Yam, as we learned earlier, because Malchus, the world of divine, of divine speech, is the sea. The sea transmits into the creation. Creation in its most initial form, it, the creation becomes diversified and splintered into millions of things. But initially, where does it all begin? In 12, in number 12. First initially number 4, but then in number 12. Because the 4 is really 12. So there's Yud Bey's Bach. And also, but we know that in the worlds, there is the external worlds, and there is the Pneumia side of it, the inside of the world. So the external aspect of the world, that's the angels. The angels are Yud Bey's Bach. The Pneumia of the worlds are the Yud Bey's Shvatim. We know souls are much deeper than angels, and a much deeper level of existence. So the souls are also in 12, but it's on a whole deeper dimension. It's the 12 tribes. The root of the, all the Jewish souls. As opposed to the 12 camps of angels, which are the source of the external aspect of the creation. Not the, the inner energy, but the outer part of the creation. But the idea is there's a certain symmetry. There's 12 and there's 12. Because it's Yudbei Bok. And there's the sea above them. As we mentioned before, even though generally we always take this form, also we mentioned that when the river, we're going to speak about that river also, when the river, it says that the onset of creation, there was a river that went out from Aden, and it goes all the way down to the Gan. It goes down to the garden. From there it, it forks off, and it becomes four riverheads. It's also the idea of four. It forks up to four different kinds of... Okay? Now generally, we, more in general, we say there are four camps of the, of, that we see from the Shekhinah, from God. There is Michael, Gavriel, Rifael, and Ariel. Mimini, Michael, Mismoli, Gavriel, Mofana, Ariel, Mochoi, Rifael. These are four... The four directions that there are, right? So the four, the four camps of angels. And as it says, when we sham and as when it speaks about creation, it says, and from there it's forks off. It's four. Nevertheless, each one is gets divided into three. Like the twelve shvatim, where it was also see the way the twelve tribes 
in the, in the desert where the Jews traveled and when they camped in the desert, they were set up also in the four directions. In the center was the Mishkan, that's, right, and then on the four sides were, were the tribes. Now there were the, the Gullim, the Gullim were the flags. Each one had three tribes. And there was Degel Machne, really was that, there were four head tribes. Yehuda, Ruvain, Ephraim, and Dun. Those were the four head tribes. And then they had two sub-tribes going along with them. Yehuda had, uh, what was it, Yehuda had God and, um, you know, and Zavulim. And Reuven had God, Shimon and God. And uh, Dun, Naphtali, and... So, um, Binyamin, Ephraim, and Menashe. So you had these... So there was the heads, and then the... So you see the idea that there is four, but the four are subcategories, it's, it's twelve. And the Rebbe explains the reason for that is because in the human being also, we have hands and feet, and the hands have three, three pirke hayad, the three joints of the arm, of the hand, of the arm. You have the, the, the palm, that's the first joint, and then you have from the wrist until the elbow, and from the elbow until the shoulder. And the legs also have three, three parts to them, to the legs. So, in that four, two hands, two feet. So above, there's also that. The, 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 twelve, um, the, twelve, the twelve camps. Generally, it's four. Just like you have one arm. This is one arm, that's the other arm. But in the arm itself are four joints. I mean, three joints. So that's what he's saying over here. Each one is divided into three. And every flag has three trucks. This is similar to the hand. Yes, but Gimel Pirkin has three, three, three joints. The Chaberegel, and the same is also in the feet. Okay, so this is. So now we understand that the world of Bria. The main creation is a creation of twelve. Four, which is twelve. The, re- the rest is all details, but it's twelve main parts. Now, if we're saying that the whole point of, of Kriyas Yamsev is that what? That the creation rises up to its source in Atsilus, that, the, that, the, that, the, that the, the sea that splits between the divine and the creation and the creation was torn apart and the creation was allowed ap- a- access to its source in God so what does that mean? so they went up to their source so they went up so it's 12 but, but it seems like there's 12 on the other side too because if they're going up into 12 passageways they're entering into sea into 12 so the Rebbe says even though the tribes themselves are in the world of Bria nevertheless their root and their source is the twelve gevule alachsen. The border—I don't know the translation of exactly the word gevule alachsen, but it means. I, 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 maybe you'll tell me what how, how you how you would uh, describe that, but I can uh, sort of uh, say something about it, and maybe you'll. Uh, it says that in, in the world of Atzilus, we know there's the ten attributes. But there are seven emotions. From the seven emotions, the six of them are the main emotions. Because the seventh one is more speech, the recipient of the emotion. So it's mainly seven, mainly six emotions. And these are the six directions. These are six. Now, um, when you have six, 
six directions. So you have 12 corners, not corners, but 12 spots where the, what is it? No, where the, where the, what are they called? Where they meet, intersection. Where two sides meet, that's 12. You have a cube. Imagine a Rubik's cube. Okay? So you have what? What are they called? The coordinate? Coordinate? That's what they're called? Okay. So you have the upper corner. First of all, you have where the, where the east, southeast, and, and northeast, and then, so you have the four, the four sides. Then you have the way, the, the, the upper south, south to the top, and then east to the top, and then west, and then north, whatever, the four directions, they're, as they meet the top one, and then at the bottom. So you have, you have uh, 12, that's called Gavule Alachsen. Gavule means the boundaries. Alachsen generally means, I think, a diagonal. Uh, it's usually what the word Alachsen means, but I, I can't, uh, something like that is the idea, which we know, is, the, the, the main idea is, is that in Atzilus there are six attributes, Six emotions, but there is a combination of the spirit. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's what we're saying now in Sri where there is a combination, a coordination between one sphere and the other, where one sphere or one attribute meets the other one. So that's the root of these twelve um, uh, 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 dimensions in creation, because everything has to begin in the divine. So if the creation uh, begins at twelve, it's because already in God's emotions there is the communication between, the interaction between the spheres, one with each other, and they meet in 12 ways. The exact technical aspect of it, I don't know. But the idea, our concept of Yud Bezulah Now, and that's the root of the 12. Now, when all the creations rise up to their source in the world of Atsilus, so, there are, there are 12 particular creations. So since there are 12 particular creations, they have to, and each one has a particular source. For example, right? Uh, one of them is Chesed Shebahoyim. That's its source. So that's why these, this, this camp of Jews, or this tribe of Jews, went through this particular, that's their soul source. And they connect it to their root in God, as their, as their soul is in God. Which is the connection and the rising up of the creations. Batilus intartilus, Hareses, Habrus, Vahalias, Ayudbe, Shvatim, Debria, the Yudbe, Gavula, Alachs, and the Zodatilus. This is the connection of the twelve tribes of the world of Bria to the twelve borders of uh, whatever of uh, of 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 the of Zav and that's why the sea was split. The Yudbeis Gezarim the twelve splits. Shakol Shevet Veshevet B'Mselasa Yechavim, because every Shevet went in its own in its own path. Kol Chav from Shuridalei. Everybody went according to their own shear. That's why it also says that every tribe has a different nusach. Today we know there's a different, a few different, there's different nusachs of Davni. Meaning there's Ashkenaz and Sfard and the Yemenite one and the, 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 the different kinds of uh, uh, um, nusach that we use by Davni. 
It says that every ch- tribe had a separate nusach of davening. Why? Because davening is a time when we rise up to our source, and everybody the, 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 uh, has a different connection. Has to go through its passageways. It says there's a shara koyzel. There was one thirteenth gate, which is a uh, a gate for any for everyone, where all Jews can go. And the Arizal said about his nusach that the nusach, his nusach, the nusach of the Ari is the nusach where all Jews. Since today's days, we don't know which tribe we're from necessarily. So this is the thirteenth gate where all Jews can go up to. Um, but that's the idea also of the idea of twelve passageways. And all this is the idea of which is the splitting of the of the supernal speech. That the speech and the letter should not conceal. However, when Mashiach comes, it says that over there he's going to split the river, not splitting the sea, but splitting the river. So we understand what's the idea of the splitting of the river. Now we understand the splitting of the sea, that makes sense. So the creations rose up to experience themselves. Another way of putting it is something like this. We all begin, where, where, where did we begin? We begin in Hashem's, in, in God's mind of how, what He wants of us and what He thinks. How His concept of who we are, and, and that's our truth the truth of our existence not the way we interpret our existence but the way God interprets our existence the way He intended us to be from His perspective His, his as we begin as an idea in His mind every creation but then God didn't allow the creations to exist in that state because if the creations would exist in that state then they would be godly and that was not his desire. So the desire was that the creations should sort of be, should float away, should float away from their quintessential truth of who they really are and misinterpret themselves and start interpreting themselves as something other, having another identity and a separate a separateness and so forth. However, at Kriyas Yamsov, it was one moment when we were able to glimpse ourselves as we are back in our root of roots of roots in our soul how we are, as we are in God's eyes in, in His initial thought of us we were able to come back to our root and to our source why was that necessary at that point? so we're going to see the Indian and the idea is he's going to explain now why the Mashiach we're going to have to go through the river so first we need to understand good now we understand what Kriyas Yamsuf was but why? and why at this juncture? Why, when they went out of Egypt, they were going to receive the Torah? So the Rebbe explains because this was a preparation for the Torah. The giving of the Torah would not be able to have occurred. The giving of the Torah took place 42, 43 days later. It would not have been able to happen had there not been the splitting of the sea. The Indian, and the idea is, because the splitting in the sea was necessary so that afterwards you'd be able to be giving of the Torah. Because Arauti asked the question, why were the Jews going into the sea in the first place? They say, well, of course, the Egyptians, they got stuck. The Egyptians cornered them over there. They know where to go. So God had to take them through the sea. Why did God have to take them there in the first place? He could have taken them the other way. Okay, he didn't want to take them through the land of Pelishtim. Fine. But there were many other ways he could have taken them. Especially, we know that 
Because you'll say, well, God wanted to drown the Egyptians. When God could kill the Egyptians, he could have killed them any other ways. If you're going to say, that's what it says in, the Mayan, in this Mayan, that God could have killed the Egyptians, it bothered me because we know that they have to be paid back measure for measure. They drown Jewish babies, so they have to drown. Alright? It doesn't say in the Mayan anything about that. And he could have flooded them. I don't know. Just give them a tsunami and knock them out that way. He didn't have to split the sea. And you'll say, well, the Jews have to cross the sea. But the truth is, they never crossed it. We never crossed the sea. We didn't go from one side to the other side. So it just says the Jews went in a half a circle. They came up on the same side they went in. They went in, and then just two, three miles further, I don't know how many miles, maybe a mile or so, further, maybe less than a mile. They went into the sea, and they went a half a circle, and they came out just further up, further up the coast. They went like that, and the Egyptians came in, and they, they drowned in the sea. So they came out on the same side, they didn't cross the sea, then, or else they would, or else they would, if they would have crossed the sea, they would have been in Israel. They went, came out on the same side, and they wandered around the desert. If you look at the map, long thing, and they came around Israel that way. They didn't cross any, any cross on one side. The place is, uh, I'm going to look it up in the Sefus Menachas, the place has a whole proof to that. If it wasn't the crossing from one side to the other side, it was just a, a, uh, a half a circle into the sea and right back out. So, the reason why Jews went into the sea was not for any other reason but for the fact that for the order for the Torah to be given, they needed to go into the sea, walk in the sea. I mean, this idea that the Jews had to rise up to their source in Atsilis and to connect and to, sep- to remove the boundary and the separation between what separates between Atsilis and Bria, that was necessary. And we understand why, by the way, because we know that the whole idea of the giving of the Torah is to connect the creation to God. To bring Atsilus down to this world. Every mitzvah is an Atsilus concept, it's an Atsilus idea. And when we do a mitzvah with a physical object in this world, we merge the two worlds together. But as long as there was that wall that, that was blocking, there was that iron curtain of Malchus of Atsilus that was separating between these two worlds, we know by Matan Torah that God, when God created the world, He says He made a Gezerah, He made a split between the upper and the lower. And He said the upper can go down to the lower and the lower can rise to the other. Until God said, I'm breaking it. And He breached the wall. This was the breaching. When did God breach the wall between the creation and that separated the wall, that separated the Creator and the creation? That was by the, by the splitting of the sea. And that's what He's going to explain. The receiving of the Torah. Like the sage is saying in the latter, Parikim Sachim Dafkufi Yachesam Adal. The Pidish Ayam Rav Ayanois on the on the on the meaning of the verse where it says the sea saw and it escaped. Aharim Ragdu and the mountains were dancing. Aharim Ragdu Kol Matan Torah. The mountain dancing is referring to the giving of the Torah. Here it just says like this. Hayamra, it's, it, it's, it's uh, questioning why the significance of halal. Why, why is it called halal hagodo? What's the greatness of halal? So it says because it, it mentions in, in halal, we have the five greatest events that took place are mentioned in halal. One of them is Yitzhak Mitzrayim, Kriyas Yamsuf, the giving of the Torah, Kibbutz Goliath, the, the gathering of the exiles, and Tchias Amesa. All five things are mentioned in Hal. Tais Yisrael Mitzrayim is Tchias Mitzrayim. 
Hayom Ra Vayanois is um, splitting of the sea. The sea saw and it ran away. Haharim Ragaduchielim. The mountains were jumping like rams, were dancing like rams. That's the giving of the Torah. Because it says that all the mountains came and said they should give the Torah on them. Right? So that was the Yaharim Rug. And then Loy Lanu, Lo Lanu, don't do it for us, not for our sake, only for your name, is referring to, to a praying for the gathering of the exile. So that's that. And I think Loy Amesim Ya'alaluka is the idea of Kriyas Amesim. Right? So, um, so you have all five things. But over there, it mentions that Aharim Ragdu is, is Matan um, Torah, the giving of the Torah. And the Rebbe is associating that Gemara to prove to us that Kriyas Yamsa was only a preparation for the giving of the Torah. Why? Because it says, Hayom Rav Ayanoi, Haharim Trik Ragdu Chiyelem, in one sentence. So you see that the prelude, Haharim Ragdu Chiyelem, that that in order for the mountains to jump, which is the giving of the Torah, is all preceded by um, uh, by Melisna, um, by Hayam Rav Ayanos, the sea saw and it escaped, and it split open. Now, what's the connection? Why is the splitting of the sea a prerequisite to the giving of the Torah? So the main idea of the fulfillment of mitzvahs, who shall days them am shechem through this we draw down sheyil gili oiring seif lamata bidiyah kemoshem is galah the eight the esesiris tatzilus. The point of mitzvahs is that we should make we all know that the point of Torah mitzvahs is that we should make our world the home for God. We sanctify the mundane. We take everything that's hollow and empty, and we fill it with holiness. Now, we refine, we purify, and we sublimate the physical. And how much do we sublimate the physical world? To the point that the physical world becomes a vessel for God, becomes a facilitator, becomes a faculty for God, a, a facilitator of godliness, equal to the ten attributes of a tzitz. Just like the ten attributes of a are hospitable to the Ein Sof. They're they're, they're a keli, they're a, uh, a vessel for the Ein Sof, but God created the world, the lower world, to be worlds of darkness, worlds that don't host Him, worlds that are not comfortable with Him, worlds where He's not comfortable in and they're not comfortable with Him. There is a disconnect, and God wants us as the Jewish people to remove the klipa, to remove that which blocks, and to make the physical be just as luminous and just as expressive as, as the atmosphere of the truth. The truth is that everything, everything in the physical is just reflecting the world of Atsilis. Because we learned earlier, if there's 12 Shvatim, it's because there's 12 Shvatim in Atsilis. There's 12, and every little detail of detail is there in Atsilis. The only difference is that, it, as we mentioned earlier, in the world of Riyatira Asiya, things floated away from what they really are. They distanced themselves, lost their memory, as if to say, got memory loss, and disconnected thinking of themselves as if they are something other than God, with their own agendas and their own desires and their own wants and their own... Our job is to remove that ego, to remove that block, and to surrender everything back to God, so that our physical hands and feet are literally the hands and feet of God. As the spheres that seal us, also hands and feet. But it's the hands and feet of Atsilus. 
It's God's hands and feet. Now why are our hands and feet ours? What did we do to make it ours? It's also His. The only difference is that we're living in an illusion as if we have an, a, a, a beingness, a separate. But when we do our mitzvah and we lend our hand to God, which is, God has a mitzvah of tzedakah, through which He, his, God also has a, a hand. His hand is He gives tzedakah. And it's his attribute of chesed. And from there the aim self bestows kindness to the world. When for a moment we take our hand and we stop doing our own stuff with it and we give it to God and we give it and we, and we say, here God, this is your hand here to do your, you, what you want. It's going to be a conduit of kindness just like your kindness. And our hands become aligned with chesed roya yamina of God's hand. Our hand is just a physical manifestation of God's hand because God would give now to that poor man that dollar and your hand is giving that. So now your hand has aligned itself with the tzilis. You remove the clip, you remove the thing and, 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 and literally the hand of the human being became a vessel for God in the same way that the essence of Atzilus. Today we don't see it. When Mashiach comes, because you gave tzedakah, as, because it was God's commandment that you gave tzedakah, and you gave tzedakah, you lifted your physical arm up. Same as also in your brain. When you don't think your own thoughts, but when you're thinking godly thoughts in your brain, so your mind becomes an extension of Chachma Vatilis. And, and your hands, and, and everything, every part of your body, and everything in this world, which we use for a mitzvah, are elevated back to their source and connected so that they can become conduits of the divine just like Atzilus. That's the whole point of the giving of the Torah. 248 mitzvahs, the 248 limbs of the king, and through us, through our 248 limbs, which we, we know there's 248 positive commandments, which, we, which every limb corresponds to another one of them. And when we do all the mitzvahs, 248 positive commandments, we align ourselves completely with Atzilus, with the, with the 200, and the number 248 is also because it has to do with the, the configuration of the, of, of, the, of the limbs of God, of, of Atzilus, because we know the, ten, the, 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 the nine attributes Besides Malchus, because Malchus is the transmitter onward into the creation. We learned it many times. Nine times nine is eighty-one. Because each one is chesed, has chesed, shabbat chesed, kavura shabbat chesed, right? So it's nine times nine is eighty-one. And then there is, just like we said before, three parts to it. Reish, toich, and seif, the three parts. So, similar to as three parts, so three times eighty-one is two forty-three. And then there's the hechasadim, hamagdilas, the five powers of kindness that expand them. Not to get into that now, but it's, but the idea is there's 248. So the God's personality of Atzilus is 248. That translates into our 248 mitzvahs, and we have 248 organs and limbs. And when we do the mitzvahs without 248, we align ourselves completely with the Lucas. Which may basically means that the vessels of Bria and Yitzira and Asiya become vessels like the world of Atzilus. We attach Bria to Atzilus. There, it's one continuation. That's the whole idea. When Mashiach comes, the physical world is on the level of Atzilus. But you need first to break. You need it to first have a moment where we can see what it's like. So God takes us, breaks it open, lets us into that experience, allows us to connect momentarily, then He closes it back up, sends us out and says, now you start working. And he gives us the Torah and he tells us exactly how to do it. But first, he tore it open for us and gave us a Mashiach moment. 
That's why the, going through the Yamsa was literally like the days of Mashiach. When Bria was in that same stage as an Atsuda. So, what? It's the simultaneous. So when you're giving the tzedakah, but the main thing is you're lifting yourself up to the Ramach Evarim the mouth. Either, it, it, by the way, Kriya Samsov, there's, there's an argument between the Ariz, and an argument, you can't say an argument even here. It's two opinions between the Arizal and the Zoya. Rajubi and Ramon Maimer, I saw. The Shiva uh, by Yechoi said so and so, and the Arizal said so and so. It's a funny thing. Right? It's what the question is was Kriyas Yamsov an experience where the 12 tribes rose to Atsilus? Or is it that the Yudbeis Gevule Yalachsen of Atsilus revealed itself in Bria? Is it in a way of halav, of the Tachten, of, of going up there? Or is it the idea of, the, 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 of it being revealed below? And this is, explains the difference in a different minor. If it's, this, if it's the way going up or is the way going down. The truth is it's both because we're not in Seder, we also know there is a two in Yanam of lifting things up and drawing things down. So there was that uh, combination of taking place in two. In one place it says, That's like the Yidden went into the sea. Another place it says, He turned sea into dry land. That's the opposite. It's taking the sea and revealing it below. Whatever it is, it's the connection. The Yidden says, doesn't make a difference if it's this way or that way. It says, Havros of Brian and Atsilis. Now, we're doing it for the past 3,000 years through Torah and Mitzvahs. We, we, do, we connect. We align something in this physical world to be in the same way like it is in Atzilus. The, the main reason what separates things is, is its ego, its sense of separation. But the moment we use something in accordance to the way the Abishtah says you should use it, so you're making it back as it is in Atsilus. Because that's the way, that's what a hand in Atsilus is. A hand in Atsilus is a place where Tzedak, where tzedak is given. Down here you use your hands for brushing your teeth, for scratching your nose, for doing a million other things. But up there the hand is Tzedakah. So when you use your hand to give Tzedakah, and when you're using everything in the school to do this, you're aligning things back to their Atsilus place, and you're making this world be in sync with Atsilus. And then Elokas can flow in, in the physical world in the same way like you Because we learned many times, I mean, in, in truth we learned, that the Epsom, the Abish, is just as far from Atsilus as he is from our physical world. To him it's no difference between Chachman, Atsilus, and Iraq. The only difference is that over there they know there is total bittle, and over here there isn't bit. But in terms of the substance of it, the separate part from the believable, the Abish chooses to manifest himself through there. So he can choose and manifest himself through something physical. It's only that we don't allow it. Why don't we allow it? Because of the klipa. Because of the sense of I that separates. But the point of the giving of the Torah is to bridge these two worlds. And now, ki ikering and kiim are mitzvahs. He explains it here. The main idea of the fulfillment of mitzvahs. Mm-hmm. Through this we, can, we, we draw down. It should be the revelation of the Ain Saif down here in Briyatir Nasiya. As it is revealed in the ten attributes of Atsilis. Over there he and his and his and his life force is one. He and his garments are one, which is referring to the Kalam of Atsilus, 
that he is one with his garments. Mashank in which isn't the case in Biyah, in Briyatirasi. He's not one with them because of our ours our our sense of separation that doesn't allow him to be one with us. Shem Oilam is because these are worlds of separation. yesh, everything feels itself as a somebody. The Dover Nifrad and a separate thing. Through the mitzvahs, which are the 248 limbs of a king, what is a limb? A limb is a place where the soul expresses itself. So if it means the limbs of the king means the soul, the mitzvahs contain and facilitate godliness. We draw down the yichud elyon, the supernal yichud of Atzilus, in God's Unity that he has with the vessels of Atzilus becomes expressed down here. Should be revealed literally in 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 That's why when a Jew is doing a mitzvah, amazing. When a Jew is doing a mitzvah, there is a lakus of Atzilus present right then and there. It's utterly divine because at that moment you peeled away the yeshes and you connected the two worlds. That's why it says you're supposed to get up for someone to do the mitzvah. Stand up while. Like the, when the Yidden in Yerushalayim, when the people would bring Bikurim, they would all stand up from their work because they're going to do a mitzvah. That's why they needed to be first the splitting of the sea. Which is the idea of hearing that, that, um, that um, partition. That separates between Natsilus and Bria. Which is without that it couldn't happen. Hashem in the very, in the very, um, in the very uh, uh, forming of the world, when He created the world, initially when He He created this wall that separates these two realms, and, the, and they don't cross. It was created to be this way, not to know its source, to be disconnected. So it needed to be broken. And that's, it's all a continuation to Yetzirah's Mitzrayim. Because what does Mitzrayim mean? Mitzrayim means bounded and limited. The world was created to be limited. And why is the world limited and finite? Because this is connected from the Ein Sof. So as long as, Jews, as, long as there was, Mitzrayim was dominating, there was the, the narrowness, the constraints, the limitations. The whole point of the Yetzirah's Mitzrayim was to break the boundaries of creation, to rip it open. And that's why the climax of Yetzirah's Mitzrayim was, when is the final break of all the boundaries of creation, is when that Yam, that sea, which is the divine source of all concealment, which is the, the world of speech, when God's words tear open, and, 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 and all creations can rise back up, to their source as they are in, in that Silas. That's the ultimate of Yitzhiya's Mitzrayim. Now, once that has happened, that God did, then He wants us to do it. Then He puts it back. He sends us back down, set, closes it back up, but He leaves a little open. Every mitzvah, you, in a sense, in every mitzvah, you're going through that, you're breaching, you're making a, a breaking of that sea. And you're bringing it down, connecting things from down here up there, bringing from up there down, making that connection. But first, there has to be one general crossing in that in, in that uh, sea. Afterwards, we deal to Shema Silus Yimshach Agilu Bibiyah. But from Silus, 
should come the revelation in Biyah, in Briyatsiyas. Hinei, however, the Rebbe says, that's one connection. Till now we understand what the connection was, what the giving of the Torah needs to accomplish, and why Kriyas Yamsev was the preparation for that. And he's going to explain now that when Mashiach comes, there's going to be again Matan Torah. Again, God is going to give the Torah. But then he's going to give a much higher Torah, the same Torah. But he's going to unravel a much deeper dimension of it. Really, he's going to re- reveal when Mashiach comes, he's going to reveal the premius of the Torah. The inner, inner. He, the, the, the Torah that was given to us at Harasina was mainly about the do's and the don'ts, the practical aspects of the Torah. Because it was meant to rectify our practical world, our world of Riyah, Tirasiyah, to fix it. So it needs practical activity. But once the world of Riyah, Tirasiyah is already aligned with Atsilas, now it's time for something much deeper. And what is that? Atsilas is also a world. It's a godly world, but it's a world. God wants us to experience the root and the source of the mitzvahs themselves, which is the deepest aspect of Hashem Himself. And that is the Ein Sof that's higher than Atsilas. So then we come to a whole new level. Atsilus has to rise and connect to what's beyond Atsilus. The whole world of Atsilus has to connect to the Ainsof, the Kesser, and what is beyond. So for that, there is another partition. There's a partition that separates between, between Atsilus and the Ainsof. That connection is breached through the seven, and that's not splitting of the sea, that's the splitting of the river, as we're going to see. Because uh, the the river goes out and it goes down into the Yam. Malchus is the Yam. But there is a river. We have to cross the river to the other side of the river. And to cross the river, we go through the seven. Let's read. In the Indian, Matan The giving of the Torah was all about action. The Kim Amitz is the Poyal Mamish. It was not. The, the, the idea of Matan Torah was not to give us experience, it was to give us a job. Like not, 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 not the experiences of things. It's the action. It's doing the mitzvah of the Pile Mamish, getting things done. That's what it's about. The Talmud Torah can get Kula, and studying Torah equivalent to them all. And when we study the Torah, it's the, might not be so much the, exper- the, inju- the, the, the deep, the uh, esoteric aspect of the Torah, the main mitzvah of Lulu, the Torah, as it was for Jews till the latter generations was to learn the practical halacha of Torah. And even today, uh, one should learn most of their time practical the Torah in its uh, practical form, meaning it's nigla the Torah, as it's called. However, lamachar, tomorrow, lakabal schara. Tomorrow is the receiving, receiving of the reward. The world of Mashiach is not about action, it's about when Mashiach comes. Then there is going to be the revelation of the innermost of the Torah, the Tame Mitzvah, and the reasons of the Mitzvah. The Pidish Rashi, like Rashi says, Al Pasik Yishakenu Minishikes Pil. Rashi says in the Pasik, God will kiss us with the kiss of his mouth. So Rashi says that when Mashiach comes, God is going to reveal to us the kiss of God means he's going to reveal to us the secrets of the Torah when Mashiach comes. What's the idea of a kiss? The idea of a kiss is when two souls bond together in the deepest way. There is a connection of a breath to a breath. When God is going to transmit his inner See, Tuma he tells us what he wants. It's like a person saying, I like that, I like that, do that, do that. And then, then, and then he, he conveys and reveals what it means to him. What his, what his pleasure is from this. He shares the pleasure of it. So Tuma Hashem tells us what he wants. 
but he hasn't shared his pleasure with us that he gets from the mitzvah. When the Shiach comes, he's going to let us have access to his pleasure, to experience the pleasure that he gets in the mitzvah. So, this is also the idea of Mashiach. The Rebbe is saying that Mashiach is going to be, the time of Mashiach is going to be a time when what? When there's going to be the revelations of Pneum Yisateh and the reasons. And now the Rebbe says that's the main thing of Mashiach. Mashiach is a king, but Mashiach is also a teacher. And Mashiach's main thing of Mashiach is, is going to be to teach the Jewish people Pneumius Hatar, secrets of the Torah. It says in the Navi, Shanem it says by Mashiach, in a Yaskil Avdi, my servant will be Yaskil. Yaskil means he will have super intelligence. In other words, he will, he will be wise, and Yaskil, I think, is like a lesson of continuously wiser. What's the right continuous? I don't know what the right English word to use for it. Um, to constantly perceive, perceive, perceive endlessly. What? No, I don't have the right word. Yadam, he will rise, the Nisan, and be exalted. And it mentions over the five things Yaskil, Yadam, the Nisa, the Gava, And he will rise very high. So, the, so it says like this: Yaskil Avdi Yodim Benisa Hainum Avram VeYitzchak, and I think Chulu and Yaakov. That's Yaskil Yodim Benisa Avram Yitzchak and Yaakov. Mashiach will 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 bypass, will move ahead, will go beyond Avram. The level of holiness, the level of his soul, will be higher than Avram, higher than Yitzchak, and higher than Yaakov. Then it says VeGavamoid. The Gava is Moshe. Moshe's height. He will he will ascend higher than Moshe, which is the Gava. And Ma'oid is Isaias Adam. Adam, which means he will reach to the level of Adam Arisha and bypass even go beyond Adam, which is amazing. We're talking about the first man, the source of everyone, where everybody comes from. The Sheikh will go beyond his source of Adam. He will be higher than Adam Arish. Even though it says, will I come Oid Navi Kemaisha? The verse says there will never be a prophet like Moshe. So the Rebbe explains that in, in, in prophecy, in one aspect, which is the idea of prophecy, he, will be, he won't be as high as Moshe. But in everything else, in the level of Neshama, and in, in wisdom, and in uh, many other things, he will be greater, a greater king, and higher than Moshe. Moshe Kassab is Sefer HaGulgulim. Like it says in Sefer HaGulgulim, Perikitesh. Hisham Pirish Ma'adam Arishain. Now in Sefer HaGulgulim, he says he will go higher than Adam, only Achar Shechata. Adam after he sinned. But not as Adam before the sin. The Ayim HaKamot. However, the Ayim Ba'aramaz, and look at Ramaz, which is the Pirish from Moshe's Akusi. Sokpashas, which is the Pirish from Zoyar. Where over there he explains, no, that he will go higher than Adam even from before the sin. Uh, as Adam was before the sin of the... Why? Because he says over there that uh, in the verse it says, Yaskil, Yarim, Venisa, Vagava, Ma'oid, five words, which correspond to the five levels of soul. Nefesh, Ruach, Nesham, Machai, And he explains over there that Moshe Rabbeinu attained only the level of Chai. No one attained yet the level of Yechidah. Mashiach will attain the level of Yechidah. So you see from there that he will be ascend, go even beyond other Marishim before the sin. 
So he's going to be who And he's going to be the teacher of everyone. It says that all the all the all the esoteric aspect of the Torah that we study today, whatever we learn, whatever we know, is only tiny little foretaste. A tiny little because today's Torah is not meant to be this to gain insight into the inner reasons of things, the godly reasons. The main aspect of Torah is to do it. It's only through action that we change the world, not through not through all this understanding. It's through doing. But understanding helps to inspire. But our job today is to correct the world. We correct it through implementing the Torah in its in its practical form in the world. To keep us going, God allowed a little bit of the of, of the next world experience to trickle into our world today, and that's everything we learn every Thursday night and endlessly beyond that. But, but that's what we have. That's 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 just a trickle of a trickle. The main world of of, the, of opening up the secrets of the Torah is going to be the Mashiach world, and Mashiach is going to be the first real teacher of Pnimius Torah in, in an endless way. And he's going to teach everyone including Moshe Rabbein. Everyone is going to be in the class. All Jews. Everyone from the highest. Mashiach is going to reveal us and he's going to say over here. Nuchalam basadis pnimi tzatim. Ki im lefi pshutah. Because if lefi pshat, we know Mashiach is a teacher. But if it's a pshat, Mashiach is going to teach the laws of the Torah. He says, Shalyum atayra haniglis lano. That Mashiach is going to teach us the, the, the revealed Torah. The laws and the lebanenu and to us. In a moment, it's not understood. So he asks an interesting question, which he doesn't seem to answer in his question right away. He doesn't answer it openly in the whole mind. But mother and mother, it seems that that's the answer. He says a simple question. How can one person teach millions of people? Okay, you have a microphone. But still, everybody's different. Everybody's different levels. He can't teach everybody in, 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 in one. And everybody's degrees of knowledge. You know, uh, so many so people don't know anything about the halachas of simple halachas, right? Some people know already the simple halachas, they don't know the more complex things. And the guy's a big rabbi and he knows all that. How, how are you going to set everybody up in one class or what to teach of you? Oh, so he's going to explain later that this kind of teaching doesn't come through words. It comes through showing. And showing you can teach everybody at one shot, as we're going to see. It's not through words of teaching. It's through revealing things. And, 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 but he says, if it's nigla, nigla is taught through words. And that, you can't have everybody learn together. And, and, and another question, And all the giants, they know the whole Torah already. So why would Mashiach have to teach them? The idea is, the Sheikh is then going to teach the inner part of the Torah. On that it says it's longer than the earth and the measurement. It doesn't have any measurement. It's endless. Understand the Torah, you can understand it higher and higher and higher and higher. Literally never ending. And that's when the Sheikh is going to go and teach and teach and teach. However, now, 
just like in order to receive the Torah. So then we know what Mashiach is about. He reveals it. Now, in order, just like in order to receive the, the practical Torah. In, the, in, 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 in today's manner of Torah, which is the, the practical doing of Torah. The need, first needed to be the splitting of the sea. So too, in order for there to be the revelation of the secrets of the Torah, so he needs to be, he will lift his hand up over the river. Mashiach is going to have to split the river. Which river are we talking about? So this, the, the, the commentaries in the, in the Navi say the river is the Euphrates River. It's that river that's and we see, because that's where lately all the world activity is buzzing around. It's all, it's all in that area, because we're coming up to the time of the of uh, well, but but it says the Euphrates River Nahar Peros Chsiv Bay it says by that river Nahar Ravi Hu Peros that the fourth the river it says remember it's a, 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 a river came out of Eden and Nahar Yotzem Eden and the river came out of Eden and it went down Lahashkus Esagan it went down to the to the garden. And once it exits the garden, the Sham Yiparate is forks into four rivers. The first river is the Nile River, and then there was the other, uh, the other two are, the, uh, there's another river in Iraq, the, uh, well, the Tigris River, and there's one more, which is the other one. There's the Tigris, the Nile, the Euphrates, and anybody know which is the other one? Okay. So the fourth one is Nahar The first, fourth one is that. Now, if we pass this, meaning just it doesn't seem to be so great the splitting of the one of these forks. Four rivers. So the fourth one is Nahar Paras. Especially if we're learning the, the spiritual meaning of all of this. Is that, is that is, it's from Malchus Tatsilus that the energy travels further and it reaches Malchus Tatsilus and begins to work into creation. Water, is, it, water represents life. So we're speaking about the godly flow into the world as four rivers. But the four rivers is already the fourth one, or even any of the four rivers. They're already, the life force as it's entering already into Bria, Yetzirah, and Asiya. So there's no great significance in splitting that. I'm sure it's a great significance, but it's not, definitely not higher. No, it's not higher, it's not higher than splitting of the sea. The sea is higher, Malchus is higher, Malchus is the garden. On the level of the Yam, which is up there, Malchus is... And the Rebbe says, the Gemara says something interesting. When it comes to the fourth river, it says like this. Nahar, uh, Nahar, the first river is this, eh? What? Euphrates. For us, that's by uh, Iraq and Syria. Thank you. So over there it says, The river goes out of Adam, Ahashkis is a gun. Umisham Yaparaid, and it becomes it goes to four, four riverheads. Shema Echot Pishain. The first one is the Pishain, which is the Nile River. Yu Asaidin is called Eretz Havila. This is the one that encircles the whole land of Havila, Ashashamazah. Okay? Then it says Shema Nara Shemi Gichai. Second one is Gichai. Okay? Um, 
And who are saying that's called Eretz Kush? That's the one that goes around the land of Kush. Hashem, Anor Ashlishi Chidekel, that's the Tigris. Who are Hoyla Kidmas Asher. Bahanor Haravi, and the fourth river, who Peras? Is Peras. Now, why does it say again, who Peras? The Nor Haravi, Peras. Vanuar Nor Haravi, who it is Peras. So the sages learn out that the fourth river, the reason why it says who, because this is the original river. Meaning the other rivers are new rivers. They fork out. But what is the main river that's still connected to the first river? The river that went out of Aden. The river that goes out of Aden. It continues on. And if you just continue on this river, you end up on the Euphrates River. Because this is what becomes the Euphrates River. Off it go off the other three. The other three are new rivers. But this river is the original river that came out of Aden. So now we understand already the significance. The splitting of this river, we're not talking about splitting of the, not the Euphrates River as it is the Euphrates. We're talking about splitting it upstream, upriver. Splitting the river as it is in its source as it's coming out of Aden. Because what we need to cross into is we need to cross into Aden. And the only way you can cross into Aden is to cross this river. The river goes out of Aden, comes from Aden, to cross over this river. Aden is Chachma, and that's the place where we enter into the Yenshof. That's higher than Atsilus. Aden is Chachma. Okay, let me just give a little... It says, Anar Yoytzimei Eden. Eden, we know, is... Attribute of Chachm is called Eden. Because it's the first recipient of the Ein Sof and where all the pleasure is. Venar Yoytzimei Eden, the river that comes out of Eden, that's Bina. That's the river. And it goes through, and it travels through the whole world of Atsilus. And it gets to the Gan, the Gan of Malchus, which is sometimes called the ocean, the sea inside. The Yam Sof, it's also the garden. And from there it's... We're saying splitting the river, we're talking about splitting the Nar Hagadol, Nahar Peras, but it means splitting the world. Basically, it's cracking open the world of Bina. Just like Kriyas Yamsov is splitting open the world of Malchus, this splitting of the river is splitting the world of Bina. Why do we have to split the world of Bina? So this is, the Rebbe says like this. Says the fourth river, that's the Peras. In the last chapter of who? Why does it say who? This is the one that's originally the And This is the river that comes out of Aden. And that's the world of Bina. Now, when we say splitting something, we're splitting words. We're splitting words to be able to get to the content that's hidden in the words. There's two kinds of words. There are words of speech and there are words of thought. The words of thought are far, far, far um, subtler words, far more elegant words, far, and they're far more luminous. They reveal. In your own thoughts, there isn't such concealment. Speech conceals because they're thicker words. So when you give over words of speech, but thoughts don't conceal, they're, they're far more transparent letters. But nevertheless, the Rebbe explains anything that you're thinking in words is already concealed. It's not it. Let's read it inside. It's thought. It's in speech. And that is why it's called the river. Speech and um, and thought 
are both are both couriers. They express things, they carry things. Speech carries things, thought carries things. What do they carry? So speech carries the intellect, the emotions, weird to the outside. Thought carries from the subconscious into the conscious. However, there is a difference. So they're, so they're, so they're vessels, they're containers, they're both containers. However, the container of thought is a far closer container, it's a far more inner container. The container of speech is thicker containers, bulkier containers, and they're used for shipping things outward. These are finer containers and they're used for inside. It's like containers you use inside the house or containers, barrels that you take outside. And for that reason, because it's so thought as such an inner garment, an inner container, for that reason you can't stop it. Just like you're always, your thoughts are always. Speech is a more external thing, so you can choose to use it or choose not to use it. Anything that's closer to the person is, just like the person is constant or constantly alive, your thoughts are constant. So that's why it's, thoughts are called, uh, the difference between a sea and a river is that sea is stationary body of water. I mean, it, it, there's uh, the waves and all that, but it's a body of water like this. A river is gushing, the gushing, flowing river. Because the thought is always gushing. Thoughts, they're streaming. Nar is lush and streaming. It streams constantly from the from the, from the, But it's containers. It's, there's these little photographs that are catching. It's, in a sense, freezing. See, what, what, what thoughts are, it freezes things into like little images. Boop, 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 it takes things. Instead of, instead of what's called again, just the thing itself. You have containers. If it would be possible, and we do have the experience, we all know that the, the deepest feelings we have, the strongest feelings we have, either when it's a very powerful emotion, in the onset of it, or at the beginning of an idea, when epiphany, when a new idea hits you, at a brilliant thought, you get this thing of your head lights up. At that first second, you don't hear words. It just, it's just an idea. No words. And then later the words come in. And you know so many times we always feel that once the words there, it's just not as crystal anymore. The words are telling you about it. It's like, it's relating it, but it's not it. You wish you can get past the words and get just to it. To the idea in its crystal, pure state, as opposed to coming through words. But the communication, the way it works is through words. So the Rebbe says that words, and that Silas receives from the words, from Bina, from the Oisius and Hashem. Ultimately, ultimately, those words are a block. They're a block to the Ein Sof. When Mashiach comes, we have to tear through the words of thought to get to pure Chachma itself. And the Gili of Ein Sof, not through any words. You see soon, it's going to be more like vision, like seeing something, as opposed to hearing. We're going to see. Let's read over here. Because that's what it's called Nohar, river, because it's constantly streaming. It says, all the, all the nations will stream to him. A sea is called a stationary thing. It's a stationary, it's a mikvah of water. 
The cause is a kind. Speech you can stop. And this is the meaning of and the Lashon over there is it doesn't say a river went out. It says the river is going out constantly because thought constantly emerges. It's not a one-time thing. It's constantly emerging from Aden. Now thought is also letters. It's also a garment to the essential uh, wisdom. Just like speech. It's an inner garment. It's also a garment and a concealment. In comparison to the essence of the Chachma. Similar like the words of speech. It's not so coarse. So it's not so blocking. So it's not as concealing. It's not as obscuring as, the, as letters of speech. Because it's far finer letters. But nevertheless, it's still, it still blocks. It's still some blockage. Every time you understand something and you're speaking and you're saying words to yourself, you're describing things. The mere, the mere fact, the fact, the fact, the difference between, we're going to see soon, the difference when you see something, you see it, you see the thing itself. Or someone is describing something to you. So you can have all the descriptions. We all know seeing. You'll, you'll never when you when you hear something from someone, it's never as real to you and as vivid and as sharp. Even if the person is the best describer, you describe something, you can describe. It's still not like being there, because when you be there, you saw it. You saw it. Here, you're getting a description of it. That's thought. Thought is already words describing it. When you have the first spark, then you're seeing it. It's not a, it's not another description anymore. Now, the Hainu the the if you are the means Shem will remove the will 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 lift his hands over the, the, the Mashiach will lift his hand on the Nahar, on the river, and tear the river open, which means allow us to experience godliness not through the scribe, through words, but to see. To see it. There will be a revelation of the essence of the supernal Eden. Not like it is revealed now in Gan Eden. Now it's only coming through a river. In Gan Eden it says, Sadiqim sit and they enjoy immensely the godly revelations. Gan Eden, that's what they do. They But only words. The Ganadin, it's like someone telling them about godliness. That's Ganadin. That's already Moshe Rabbeinu says sitting 3,000 years in Ganadin, enjoying godliness only through speech. Not through speech, through thought. It's through description. Not, not seeing the very essence of, of, of godliness. It's being described, everything about it. Wow! Ooh, and they get endlessly excited. But it's only, it's only description of it. What? The, the Oisi is Mabishim. And, and letters conceal umalimim and they hide the ain that isis vasad is atzmius pchenas eden it's not grasping the essence of eden that's why it says the brach that's why gan eden is but the experience is only the garden of eden but not eden itself 
That's why Gemara says in Baruch Hashal, Edenem, our Eden itself no one has ever experienced. On Eden it says, Ayin Loira Asa, and I never saw it. It's something because, because it's only something you can see, and no one was given access to see it yet. So there's only hearing, there's only descriptions. Hashem Atayimah, who Gan, who Eden? If you'll think that the Gan is Eden, because it's called usually Gan Eden, no, Talmud Lama Venar Yoytse Me Eden, the river goes out of Eden, Bahashkis Asagan. So you see that what? That the Gan only receives from the Nahar. Nahar is words. Nahar is, is thought. It's the letters of thought that travel into Gan to create the whole experience of Gan Eden is only from the Nahar, from the words that are transmitted. But it's not it. And the Eden itself has never been revealed yet. The Hainu, Mushim She'ein Ham Shacha Gan Eden, Rakpan Because in Gan Eden there's only Ham Shacha only through letters. The Bechinus Nor, I know from that river. Sha'oitzis Amalinen, and letters conceal. Va'agilu Yuraka Oda Ba'alma. And the revelation, and, and, and whatever can be revealed in words, is only a, a ray. But through the vein of Yodai, through him raising his hand on the river, they're going to come to the revelation of Eden itself. No, no. And this is what it means. It says, just like when you went out of the land of Egypt, like the days that you went out, I will show you wonders. So first of all, it says wonders. Wonders we know is Keser, Pele. That's the wonders of, of that arena you will see, not hear. Because thought is hearing. Like words, the way your ears, when you receive something through hearing, you're hearing words. When you see something, you're seeing the thing itself. Which is literally seeing, which is higher than hearing. Bavan and understanding. Which only through letters. That's why hearing and, and, and sight are on comparison. You can compare seeing to hearing. And to understand, to understand the awesomeness of being able to see something. How much greater it is than, than hearing. That gives an, a, a, a very interesting example. Yuvon mamish al yuvon al derech mashe kozer priyet chayim. The priyet chayim from the from the disciple of the Arizal, shah kriyish mashal amitah from Chaim Vital, the chief disciple of the Arizal. He says, Perek Alf, the Gabay Arizal by the Arizal. At one time, his student Rabbi Avram Halevi, I think it says, put up. It was Avram Halevi, went into the Arizal one Shabbos afternoon, and the Arizal was sleeping. Because the Arizal would lay down and he slept for two to three hours on a Shabbos afternoon. And he made up some noise or something and the Arizal woke up from his noise. That the, so he said to him, sorry, like did I disturb you or whatever. So he says, you know where I was? He says, next time be a little quiet. At the time of sleep in Shabbos, Shama the Yeshiva Shalmaila, he heard in the Heavenly Academy teachings, the Parsha's Balak Ubilam, discussing the Parsha of Balak and Bilam, and Balak called Bilam, the Varim Aflaim, such amazing things. So he said to him, he said, Wow, I heard such amazing things now in my sleep. So he said, Can you tell me something? So he said, Like this, if I would. If I were to try to tell you and speak for 80 years non-stop, non-stop, 
if I would be speaking for 80 years, day and night, I would not be able to tell you what I perceive in that, in this, in this hour, what I've seen in that hour. If I couldn't, it was 80 years talking day and night, and he wasn't exaggerating. He said, I couldn't tell you. Now, you know what's amazing? All the teachings of the Arizal, huh? all the teachings of the Arizal, the Arizal passed away when he was 36 years old. So, whatever we have from the Arizal, the whole Kabbalah of the Arizal is basically two years of teaching, I think. Because he revealed himself and the student says just for two years. And that's all that they, that I, I'm not sure, but I think something like that. That's all the Kabbalah we have. And here the Arizal is saying what you perceive in that Shabbos, seeing he couldn't reveal in 80 years of talking. In the next piece it says, and so with my, 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 because it goes in, it's Shah Krishma Shamamita. So over there he's going, he's speaking about sleep. And he goes in and, and then, and as no one, ever the Arizal, my, my teachers in Shama would, would, whenever he would go to sleep, he would be greeted by some name of an angel, Santriel. And Santriel, the, the ministering angel, Sarapnim. And he would take him wherever he wants to go, to any yeshiva he wants to go. Sometimes he would go, sometimes he would go to the yeshiva of HaKadosh Baruch, the God's yeshiva. Sometimes he would go to the yeshiva of Rabbi Akiva, in this order, the yeshiva of Rabbi Akiva. Sometimes he would go to the yeshiva of Moshe Rabbein. Sometimes he would go to the yeshiva of Rabbi Meir. Those are the four that are listed. God yeshiva, Rabbi Akiva, Moshe Rabbein, Rabbi Meir, and others that he would choose to go to. And they would take him wherever he asked to go for that uh, during the duration of sleep. But, but, but the Rebbe, that, that's on its own. But the Zetumwalakhira, but this is a wonder, he said. If Yachalitvis, the Mahshaftai, how can someone grasp in thought the Sha'akal in one hour, Mashatarakhlaima Bidiba Peishana, that you have to speak eighty years. Now we know you think much faster than you can speak. But not not to that equation. You you think the Rebbe says, true. That the letters of speech are called large, large letters. We're learning in the other mind that there's a big aleph, small aleph, letter, letter aleph, different, different size of letters. Why they're called large letters? Because in one thought, you can, you can perceive that which you need to take to explain in, 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 in five sentences, and six sentences or whatever, or in ten sentences. In thought, you can pick up, in short, which in speech you need a long time. In Shabbos, there is a piyot that we say in Shabbos davening. In the Kel Adon Al Kol Hamasim Baruch Hu Mevorach Baruch Hu Mevorach Befi Kol Hamshama. God loves the two. Is there? One second. Kale Baruch Two basins. You see, God loves the. The Allah phase is mentioned. If you look at the Siddur, I think he's. It's 
in comparison, Shabbos in comparison to Tel Adain Baruch Hashem God Loi Das. No, it's only one. Only the first ones are a few. They have the Aleph base. The first ones at least are a few. The Bay Aleph and the base. Every day we also say. Um, a statement with the Aleph base in Yotzer Or. We say, um, in the middle of Yotzer Or, every day, we say like this. Um, um, Kel Baruch Gedoil Deya Hechen Ufal Zahar Echama. That goes to the Aleph base. Toiv Yatsar Kavad Mishmo. Each one is a, the, 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 the first letter is the Aleph base. But there it's only one letter for each. Shabbos we add a piyut of Kel Adain Baruch Mavarach, which has a few a few words for each. At least the first two I see over here that has um, double letters or three words. And the reason for that is because the rest of the word week God is animating for the world of speech. Shabbos the life force of the world comes from thought. And thought, the letters are big, so one letter contains a lot of words, as opposed to, in thought, there's a lot of words in one, in one, in one thought. That's why it's, we, the Shabbos, we add another one, it's a, another Aleph phase. It's a different Aleph phase, the Shabbos Aleph phase, and the, it's funny because, it's, funny, it's, it's interesting, that the Aleph phase is the building blocks of creation. And over there we're speaking about, Kale Adon, Kalamites, and I know God is good. So now, so the Kach B'Shabbos, I mean, Aleph Beis, Kelodr Shekolo, Yish Be'Dalad Ayez Tevis, Yish Aleph Beisel, Hu Metchinas Asvin Ravrevin. The no, I'm totally wrong. Okay, now I get it. It's not that you have many Aleph. It's that till you get to the Beis, you have a few words. Kel Adon Al Kol Amas. Baruch Mavayrach Mefi Konshama. God loy the two Vaymalayova. Das is Runa So there's a few words per each for each for each letter. In the weekday it's it's uh, what was we say before? Eight, one one word for each uh, for each uh, thing. Yeah. And the reason for that is because here it's just the words of the letters of speech. And the letters of speech are not so inclusive as the letters of, of thought are more expansive that they have a few words. That's what it is. Okay. Each letter has four or five words. This Aleph phase is from the large letters. But, so it's five compared to, 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 to one, that, that ratio. One can understand and thought in one Reva, in one in one uh, in a quarter of an hour, which you need to speak for an hour or two. But a person should comprehend in one hour, but you need to say sixty or eighty years. Now I know there's an explanation to someone why the Alter Rebbe chooses sixty or eighty, and why he why he chooses before an hour or two. A quarter of an hour per hour or two. These are not just numbers that he's throwing. The Rebbe explains it somewhere. I didn't get to look it up. But why he chooses either 60 or 80 years. But there's a... But, but, but whatever it is, this is enormous. How can, how can you think 
that much. The Rebbe says, He didn't hear words. He saw something. And the Ainuriyas Atzmiyus Achachma. He saw the yes. He didn't see it as it's enclosed in Bina. It's much higher than the intellect as it is as it is enclosed in 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 in, in the world of comprehension. and words. until it's possible. It's very possible. At this that a person grasps that he would grasp. With seeing with his with his vision within an hour or two, when he wants to enclose it in words, he wants to put it into words. You'll need seventy or 80, sixty or eighty years. It's like time as it emerges from beyond time. So we know we say that by us a thousand years is by God one day. So you see the tremendous distance, the day, because when you're moving from. Um, somewhere else in the Mimer, a Mimer parallel to this Mimer, the Altarebbe, he gives the example like a person seeing a tremendous metropolitan, big, huge city. So you see it all in one second. You're standing above, you see you're looking down at uh, from a skyscraper in New York City. So one second you glimpse the whole thing, from the Statue of Liberty to the Brooklyn Bridge to the uh, whatever. Everything is just uh, the Central Park. It's all the one thing. But then when you want to sit down and describe it to someone who's never been there, and every building and every new one, it'll take you weeks to go and tell them that this and this and this. If you really want to get, you really want to say everything you saw, and if you were meticulous and looking at the whole thing and took it all in. That's the idea he saw. And that's what Mashiach is going to do. He's going to bring us to the point of seeing. That's what Moshe Rabbeinu wanted to give us. It says, Moshe says, uh, Moshe asked God, he said, there's a bigish Moshe, Moshe requested, and he said, Ebrano, let me cross over the era as the I want to see the land. It wasn't that he wanted to see. That he wanted to give the power of seeing into the land, the Jewish people call the Eretz, to empower us with the power of vision, of godliness. Because Moshe saw. Because on Moshe it says, Moshe saw the beginning. And Moshe wanted to introduce this to the to, to, to Jewish souls. Shenikras Eretz Chesetz. Yidna called Eretz. Ebrenova Eretz Eretz. Let me envision, visualize the land or give the power of vision to the Eretz. Make the Eretz see. Make Knesset Yisrael be able to see godliness. Veloy Paul, he couldn't, he didn't affect it because this belongs to the days of Mashiach. So Moshe couldn't. What did he say immediately after that? After Ebrana? He says, Va'afa Shema Yisrael. And now listen to him. I tried to make you see, but they can't now, now hear. So I'll try to do it through seeing. Through, you should listen to me through words. But really, it should have, I would have had it. It should have been, you know, we could give it to you through seeing. What? In Malchus, yeah. That's why he said that. was now here. Only when Mashiach comes, will there be the revelation, this revelation in Knesset. Are you the Mashiach through Mashiach? And similar to this is the idea of us being able to perceive the reasons of the mitzvahs. 
because the reasons of the mitzvahs are so intimate in God that it's not something you can understand in words. It's like when a person, we all know, certain experiences that we have, you can't explain it. It's not something you can explain, though. It's, it is. It just is. You can't explain it. I hasn't seen it. He will do for those who hope to him. It says in the Zohar that this is a, a, a revelation of Atik. Atik is going to reveal, meaning from the place of Mashiach, and that's what Mashiach is going to teach. On this it says in a Yaskil Avdi. Yaskil comes from the word higher than Seichel. Yaskil. Yaskul is the mocker of Seyfah. And in this itself, it's higher vision, higher, 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 endless. And that will also understand why he'll be able to teach everybody in one together. Because when you, in, in transmitting through, as we said earlier, through words, there is the differences between one and the other. Seeing, it's. Not everybody will understand the same thing that they see, but the seeing itself is given for everyone. And I will also understand And now we'll understand also why it says that he will split it into seven seven passageways. This is corresponding to the three others, to the three fathers, Vidalimos and the four mothers. The twelve is is significant in the world of Bria. The Nikram are Kaftatata, they're called the lower chariot. They were also the chariot of God, but a lower chariot. Why lower? Because they were not completely integrated with him or or uh, uh, they were not completely yeah, they were yeah, yeah, they were something. Avala others, but the others in Markava. They are the real Markava, the real chariot, because they're completely um, a conduit for godliness. They are the seven emotions of Atsilus. Chesed, Gvur, Tafaris is the others. And the Mois are the other four. Now, just like the Shvat, even though the tribes, they themselves are in the world of Bria. But they have a root in Atsilus. That's Hayyadabri, which is that we said earlier, the twelve um, corners. But in Atsilus, it's only the root of the twelve. Of the, the twelve, the, the Shvatim themselves, their souls are rooted in Bria. It's only their source. I'm sorry, not their rooted. Their souls exist in the world of Bria. Their source is in Atsilus. However, Avalhain Atzmon the Bria, but they themselves are in the world of Bria. Who can Like we all say, Our souls are all pure. And then, you created it, which we learned many times, that our souls, the original, original source of our souls is in a place called Tahirahi, pure. She's totally pure. She's in a tzilus state. She has no sense of existence at all, of being. That's, she's pure for many yeshes, for many senses. And then, but then it's created to be a something. And that's where... Our source is Tahirahi in that place of so that's where the the, the, the tribes are. And there's no comparison. And there's no comparison between the source of the soul and the soul. 
They're so disconnected. They themselves should connect to their roots. That there should be a revelation of Atsilas in them. This is only through the splitting of the sea. That's where split into twelve. Because each one connected to his own source. The same is also with the others. The seven attributes of Atsilas, the others, their souls, to be connected to the higher, the Aden, and to the Ain Sof that's beyond it, also with carrying the river, that's the Nahar, we know the river is the mother, she's the mother of the Midas, and that has to be torn open, for them to go through and go even higher, only to Chacham. Chenu be'inyin Avis, that's the Avis. Shein Atzman b'zayin tatayin da'atzilus. The Avis are in the seven lower emotions of Atzilus. They're called the lower because comparison to Chachma Binadas, which are the higher. Avoshar shonu makayran k'tiv, but their root and their and their sources be'ever hanar Yashua ve'seich. You learned about this one a few times. It says that your fathers come from the other side of the river, meaning even though their stations, where their stations is the seven emotions of Atzilus, which are lower than the river. Because we know the river is Bina, and Bina is called Eim Habanim, the mother of the children. She produces the emotions, just like in a human being. It's through the intellect that we create our emotions. The emotions are created through our mind. What we perceive as good and as, 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 as uh, uh, enjoyable and something we get attracted to, that creates the emotions. So the emotions come from the mind. However, the truth is, the root of the emotions are on the other side of the river. Being higher. In the human being, it's also the same thing. Even though our emotions are guided and directed from our mind, really the, 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 the essence of the emotions are rooted in the subconscious of man, in the very essence of the person. That is why we all know, says in Chassidus, we learned about it, we learned that it says that the mind stimulates the emotions. And that's the way it's supposed to be. You know, unless the person is living like an animal, where the emotions are just free to roam and do as they want, one is supposed to have the mind guide based on a person's understanding you create your emotions however we find that the emotions once they're triggered and once they're set they, they, they can intensify and they can get excited far stronger than what the mind sort of demanded of them than the excitement of the mind or the uh, that it's not in 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 um, in commensurate. It's not commensurate with what the mind with what the mind demands for or calls for. There is a, a so like the marshal is given in mind. Right? If, you, if you didn't your, your your mind you meet your friend you haven't met in a long time. The mind tells you you should get excited, but the mind doesn't tell you to get that excited. That's a question and you get so excited that's because the heart takes over how can the heart go stronger if the whole heart is born from the meaning the emotions are born from the mind it's because really emotions are rooted much deeper in the in the in the, in the sub-psyche of man in the inner aspect of the other person it's only that the mind serves as a filter and it allows it to in and then the emotions emerge the regular emotions the more everyday emotions are more sort of on the outside and for some time Emotions just gush out from their inner. And that's that to me from the other side of the river. That is why he's going to connect over here. We learned about this once in that amazing line we learned about the Chukhoisai. So over there we learned about the Tzilin. Why the Tzilin, we have the 
the the rituals of the tomb, which are the the uh, the wiring of the tulin that come from the head, and they go down and they come on the heart. Okay, as they come down on the heart. So it says like this that um, the parshiyos of the tulin, the words of the tulin, they are um, they're on the mind. Now we understand why because parshiyos are words, and words we understand. And they go on the head, which understands the idea of Shema Yisrael Hashem Lekeinu Hashem Achot. What's supposed to be, but we know that as we're not supposed to learn a lot, we just know, we're supposed to transmit what we know in our mind down to our heart. That's why we have the strings of the tefillin, the straps of the tefillin coming down, and we're supposed to connect the Shema Yisrael Hashem Achot that you know in your head down to your heart. That's why they come over the heart. The two things, they come over over here, they come down to the heart. However, they're made out of the Mitsuya Satsilin are not the words don't trickle down, the leather comes down. And the Mitsuyas are made out of the same thing that the parchment is made out of. What does that mean? It means like this. The parchment itself there is the plain whiteness of the parchment. Before you write anything. Then there are the black ink, the words that you write on the parchment. The words are already defined words, limited words. The, the clock itself, the parchment itself, is far holier than the words. Because the, 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 the parchment shows on the ormakis, on the bleakvul, on the infinite. Still beyond words. It's like before the author writes the book, he just has the plain white, uh, before the painter paints the painting. Just the plain canvas. That's the potential for everything. That's the, the place where all creativity comes from. It's the infinite place. And then there is already the oh, the, per, the particular thing. So it says that the emotions are connected, even though they're directed by the words, they're really connected to the parchment itself that is higher than the words. To that level of the soul that's before the contractions of the mind. And that's why they're, they're, they're intense. And that's supposed to happen by Shema. Where the heart exceeds the mind and just gets um, strong. However, uh, the Avasharshan Makarin is going to go back to that. Avasharshan Makarin says the Avon I know Yashrava Seich Zah the Eirampin. Those are the six emotions in Atzilus Kizah because of Baatika Achid Vitalia. It's rooted. It's Achid. It's united and it's hanging from Atik. Meaning Atik is Pneumius Akaser from the Ella the Hainu Shasharshan Misham. The root is from it. Avomakomakam. That's where the root of the Avos are. But the others themselves, their souls were manifesting the level of Atsilus. The Indian Ritsuyas Tatsilin, with the things Tatsilin, the Halacha Lamoisha Messinai, it is a Halacha from Moshe from Sinai, it should be black. Because here's the question. If we're saying that the emotions that come on the heart, come from Atik, come from the parchment, so it should be white, because the parchment itself is white. Why are they black? Because it says, because when it comes, once it's already going through the filter of the mind, it doesn't have the same whiteness that it has. That's why it must be black. When it, when it reaches the, 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 the heart, it's already black. It's not, it's not white. But the real root to hear of it, is black. It's black, that's right. Yeah, I think it's white. Well, this is white. So there it's white. And it's Kessler. And the, 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 the subconscious, the sub... You can say subconscious levels in God. That, 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 those, that's whiteness. 
then the blackness is already in, and then when it reaches Achim La'asid, on the day, the Hainif Yadi Alanar, when the Shia comes, we're going to go to the whiteness, through the lifting of the thing, as a Yisalua of his Vimas, the fathers and the mothers are going to rise up. Avram is going to rise through Mashiach. And then, they're going to have the revelation that is higher than Atsilus. On the other side of the room. It's going to be revealed in them the seven lower attributes of Atik. That's why he's going to hit the thing to seven rivers. So because all the hidden, they're going to receive this giloy. First Atsilus is going to receive it, and that very transmission is going to come down into Briyatirinasiya. Why? Because through the 3003 millennium of Torah and Mitzvahs, we've aligned the world of Bria with the world of Atsilus. And now once, and then you split what is standing between Atsilus and beyond, and the Ain Sof, and that's what we mean, the Dira Betachtaina. Then Hashem has a dwelling in the low. He himself, the Ain Sof, dwells in Bria Tirasiya because we remove both barriers. The barrier between um, Bria and Atsilus between the worlds was broken by Kriyas Yamsuf and continued through Avoid of Torah and Mitzvahs. And that's going to be broken by Mashiach. And then there's going to be the total Gilui of Ein Soif all the way down the mat. And that's going to be able to be the revelation of revealing the inner, the inner part of the Torah, the secrets of the Torah. Shehu is Galus Moichas it's the revelation of the concealed which isn't the case of the revealed Torah is from Chabad of Zah which means the revealed not the hidden concealed Chochmah there's two levels of Chochmah it's called Chochmah Haniglis and it's Chochmah Stimah Chochmah Stimah is the Chochmah as it is in Keser and that's going to be revealed at that time in order to be this revelation, we have to go through on dry land, the river Anel. Then it will be revealed beyond Atzilus. The concealed Moyach will be revealed literally in Biyab, all the way down in the physical. Now that Ebbe adds a, a different uh, a twist, or a different, not a twist, a different, uh, different angle on it. Based on what the Ramaz, again, Ramayisha is a kusin. The Tarsha Bereisha is Davdalit, great Kabbalist. Davdalit Safam and Bain is Elisha. Noi that is known. We know the Torah is given to us on four levels. Shat, Remez, Rush, and Sod. Okay? The simple, literal meaning of the Torah. Like Avram was a person, and Sarah, or a couple, right? in a physical And then there is the Remez, and Rush, and Sod. Okay. Four manners, different ways of interpretation of the Torah. So it says over there, Soid mesake natsilus. Soid rectifies atsilus. Pshat remez and rush mesake biya. The pshat 
Torah comes to rectify the world. There are four worlds, so you need four levels of rectification. Now what's the idea? What does Aksilus need to be rectified? Aksilus is a godly world. This idea is to connect it to, to link it to, to what's beyond. Just like the Pshat Remez Rush take Biyah and connect it to Aksilus. Shehem Oilam Apirut. They are the world of Pirut. Atkan Pidish Mesakir. What does it mean, Tikkun? That's what he says over there in, par, in, 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 in uh, the Ramaz. Pidish Mesakir Biyah. The meaning of the Tikkun of Biyah. Shaloi Yiyah Betchinas Pirut. A Tikkun meaning that should not be separated. Elishiyah Gamkein Betchinas Bitzel. That Briya Tirna Sirah should be also Bitzel, meaning it should be reflecting what it, its truth, and it shouldn't be it shouldn't be pretending that it's someone that it's not. Like the world is, it's all pretending, it's all acting as if. So all that acting should stop, and things should be true to what they really are. Should be bitul, kamoi batzilus and atzilus. Vigilu tikkun zeh, yilu asid lavayayadei maseinu achsha. Now the revelation of this tikkun, we do it now. When is it going to be revealed? When Mashiach comes. Sha'az kol biyah, gri atzilus, yiskalu b'teich atzilus. It's going to be included in the world of atzilus. Doesn't mean that the world is going to stop being physical. It's going to be physical as we see it. But as it is physical, it's going to be expressing the the reality of Atsilus, the truth of Atsilus. Now, oh, this is very. Well, we quoted before the verse: the river goes out of Aden, and it waters the, the, the garden. And from there, we got. Earlier, we spoke that this is the order of creation. The energy of God, the God, the, the flow, the godly vitality, comes from Gane, from Aden. It goes into the Gan. From there, it flows to Malchus. From Malchus, it forks into the four rivers, and it becomes the source of the angels. It becomes the source of all creations. It creates all worlds. Misham Yipare, meaning in that sense, what is Misham Yipare? The river goes down to what? To create the worlds of separation. So this. That verse is a is a that verse is a is a what's it called again a a um, comes to teach us the manner of creation how the flow of energy flow went it went through the system uh, however now that I'm saying there's a deeper meaning to that besides the river going through in the process of creation. Then there is a river again going out of Adam, but this is not the river of creation, this is the river of Torah. The river of Torah. It goes out of Adam. Lahashka says, Agan, Gan is 53. That's the 53 parshiyas of the Torah. Gracious, Noach, Lech, Lecha, the 53 parshiyas. That is, so that's Gan, that's the garden. So the river of Chachma, divine wisdom, flows into the parshiyas. Umisham and from there, ye parade, it goes down into parade, pshat remezdrush, the word parade, to fix the worlds of pirud. The briyatsir and asiyah, which are pirud, which are ye parade, which are separated, briyatsir and asiyah are separated, are disconnected. They need to be reconnected. How are they connected? Pshat remezdrush. Is the period, the, the separation of the four, of the three worlds, and we connect. And then side is a tikkun for atzilus. We were just learning this in Tanya the other day, and the, the altar says that Kabbalah is remains in atzilus, doesn't 
to stand down. And the Mishnah goes all the way down and into uh, uh, into Yitzira, and and, and uh, see also, also various different dimensions of Sarah as they reach down. Yeah. So that's what he's saying over here. Pidush Yiparish are taking out the Hainu. Ayadei Pered, which is Pshat Remes Drush. Shehem biyasheba atzilus. That's the bri yitzir and asiyah of atzilus. See, there is bri yitzir and asiyah itself, which need a real tikkun, because that has, as we said earlier, floated away. Then you have the pshat remez, and what fixes bria? Atzilus fixes bria, because atzilus is bittel. And if you can bring the bittel of atzilus down to bria, it's okay. So, but it has to relate to the world of bri yitzir and asiyah. So you take the Bria Yitzir and Asiya of Atzilus, which is the Pshat Remez Rush of Torah, and that is invested into the literal world of Bria Yitzir and Asiya, and does the Tikkun in, in reconnecting them. Shem B'yashem Atzilus, Hanem Shachem Nebchenes now, that come from that river. Uhuinyan Atayra, Shanema Boy Lechvoidi, Barasiv Yitzartiv Afasisiv. On Torah it says, for my honor, I created it, I formed it, and I made it. It's referring to the Torah, that I, Hashem, four levels of Torah. That's the Tikkun of the world of Riyatir What's the Tikkun of the world of Atzilus? That in Atzilus should shine the light from Pnimius Atik, which is not there now. It should shine from Pneumius Atik. It says, amazing, it, says in the, it doesn't bring it in the mind over here, but it says in other places that all the Hamshachas, all the revelation, that everything there is in Olamus is only from Chetzainius of Atik. Until Mashiach comes. And when Mashiach comes, there's a revelation of Pneumius Atik. And that's what we're saying over here. And it should shine in Atzilus from Pneumius Atik. That's through the Pneumius of Torah. Anikra Soid Hashem Lireyot. Which is the secret of Stoidash, and that's why this is the preparation for Mashiach. That's why we know that when this wellsprings of Chassidus, of uh, the teachings of Chassidus will spread forth, it will bring Mashiach, because this needs to be studied to, 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 because to cause all of this. Um, and on this Tikkun it says, because the result of studying all this is to. Shadeh B'chinazven is the heinef yadeh alhanah, that he will lift his hand over the river. Shadeh B'chinaz, and he says, because the river is the source of the other parts of the Torah. V'nohar yoytzeh me'edem, v'ashkis esagan, misham yipareh. So the pshat remez rush, their origins is the river. But soiz is not hinted to in the, in the yipareh. So in so right because in so the the, the the so the secret part of the deep that's not in why because that doesn't come from the river that comes from what's beyond the river so that's that's why the heinef yade al hanahar over the river because he's going to reach the, 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 that dimension of soid which is higher than the river and that's going to cause the tikkun of the world of atzilus the nor yoytzen it's the root of biyah. Of Briyati, and it's also the root of the Tikkun of Biyah, the rectification of Biyah. But the Tikkun of the world of Atzilus, is to a level that's higher than the river. And he's going to hit it into seven streams. Why? This is similar to Venachal Adonecha Tashkin. 
the river of Aden, not the, the stream of Aden, he will give them to drink. So by Nachal it says, by Nar it says, Venar Yaitzim Aden. He will split it into the seven Nachalim because it says, Venachal Adar Necha Tashkin. Adar Necha means Aden. Connecting back to Aden itself. Gilut Chinas Aden Atzma. That's the revelation of Aden itself. And when it's coming through the streamlets, through the Nachal, it's not thought. Thought is called Nahar. It's not thought. It's not streaming of thoughts. It's Aden itself. The nar is thought. Now we know thought is already there's three worlds. There's Bria, Yitzir, and Asiya. So and that corresponds to Machshava, Dibur, and and Mice. So Machshava already belongs to Bria. Here we're talking about something that's higher than Bria. Bria. The river is the source of the Bria, Yitzir, and Bria Yetzir and Asiya of Atsilus that comes to be Misakin, the Bria Yetzir and Asiya of creation. That's all coming from the river, because it's all stemming from thought. But this is something from beyond thought. And then there is another level, which is called the Yesh Oid which is this fourth level, as it says, How deep is your thoughts? So there's regular thought and there's how deep are your thoughts. That's Atsilus of Atsilus. Atsilus of Atsilus. Or, and that's connected maybe to the word Ma'oid, which is Adam, which he says where Mashiach is. Magava Ma'oid. Haina Machshava Dibra Maisa Shalamai Lamasech. That's higher than Sech. Ma'adarach Zayyuvaninya Gilib Chanishalamai Lamanar the Levlet. But now we understand it says he will lift his hand by Yom Ruchai with a forceful wind. What's the idea of emphasizing the forceful wind? Yesh Lafarish, this can be understood to be explained that Pimash Osir al-Palmer Azal al-Pasik Veruach al-Kim Merachefes al-Pnei Amayim that the Spirit of God was hovering over the water and it says that Ruchay Shal Melech HaMashiach when you answer the creation it says the Spirit of God was hovering over the, over the, over the, uh, over the water so this is the Spirit of the King of Mashiach so you see that the King of Mashiach has something to do with Ruach and that Ruach is above the water I don't know the abbreviations of this. It's something like the 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 by Moshe says that Moshe was drawn from the water. Moshe was taken from the supernal waters. The revealed Torah, Moshe gave us the revealed Torah. That comes from the level of water, of the supernal water, where Moshe comes from. Because Nigla, what's the revealed? The revealed part of the Torah is like water that comes from a high place to a low place. Meaning it lowers itself down always. So it's the fact of Torah coming down, down, down to speak about tangible realities. So Moshe brought the Torah down in a very tangible way. That's the outer part of the Torah. The inner part of the Torah, that's not the water of the Torah, that's the wind of the Torah. It's what's above the water. And that's Mashiach's soul. That's above it. 
He will lift his hands over the water, which is the river, with the force of the Ruach, which is the wind, which is above the water. Which is higher than the water. And through this he will hit it. And how will this happen? This will all take place through tshuva. Because tshuva is also called ruach. What's going to provoke this? So, you know, before Mashiach comes, there's, a, there's the winds of tshuva. Jews come back to God. And there's a powerful tshuva return. And the tshuva return is the wind. So it's called the wind. The Zawa Nimshach, Torah Mitzvah is called water. But, but Shuvah is deeper than Torah Mitzvah. That's why it can fix the Torah because it comes. The Zawa Nimshach Adeya Shuvah, Shugam Kim Pchinaz Vaharuach Toshavel Elohim. It's also associated with Ruach. Commercial Apostolic Azinu Hashemayim. Like we learned that Maimon this past year, the Baimon Amazinu, which speaks about the idea of Ruach of the Shuvah. The Ruach, I see Ruach. And this Ruach from us below, from the Tshuva that we do, brings the Ruach from above, the Amshech Ruach. That's going to bring about that wind of Mashiach, Bayom Ruchai, to, uh, to accomplish all of this. We're going to conclude over here. There's still quite a, a bit to, to learn. I didn't really, I'm not going to learn it because I didn't get the prepare. Just a little...